Welcome to Wrestling is Hard, where every side is the dark side of the ring. First up, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing all right, Jim. How are you doing? It's been two long weeks since we recorded. You got nothing? You got any stories? How was um, uh, uh, Fado or wherever you went? I did. Actually, uh, I think I ended up going to Rotten Rouse. What was that two weeks ago? So it's right down the street from Chris. So. Okay, Rotten Rouse. Not a bad time. Caught up with some friends. Nothing's really going on, though, man. Just kind of like living that, working 50 hours a week. Now there's between Dark Side of the Ring and uh, the G1 starting up. It's like every time I get a little free time, I'm trying to cram some of this stuff in. So. Heard that. Nothing too interesting. Next up, he's got some NXT to talk about this week. Chris. How are you? I'm well. How are you? <clears throat> Clear your throat a little bit. Talk to me. You've been a little stressed <clears throat> out. Tell me what's going on the last two weeks. Oh, nothing, man. It's felt like somebody was sitting on my chest all day long. You know that, that you know that feeling comes from nowhere, no explanation, just what death. That's what I had today. Yes, that was made four o'clock no. in the morning this morning. Yeah, I, I, I was I was trying to. Uh, I had a whole day planned out of getting some stuff done, going to the gym. Cleaning the basement, watching because it was supposed to rain today. I was going to mow the lawn and said I'll clean the basement and watching wrestling. And uh, I got some wrestling watched, but you know, it's annoying as hell. <laughs> you mean and, you guys and, don't live with that feeling? No, oh, I, I don't live. I actually <laughs> don't. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't live with that feeling. But um, no, this weekend was fun. We went to uh, my nephew had a uh, soccer game. Um, he plays for Rowan University uh, in South Jersey. And, um, yeah, the ref lost control, and it turned into a fucking mess. <laughs> and it was kind of gross. Uh, I believe two – yeah, two of their players got red carded, both for telling the ref how they felt about him. You know, they got a yellow card, and then they basically told the ref go fuck himself, and then they got a red card. So they were down two goals to one, and they um, – you know, then they were down to eight men. Yeah, eight men on the field. So there was no chance of a comeback there. Um, and, you know, watching soccer uh, when it gets out of control is terrifying. Because guys are going up from the ball and they're smacking into one another. The heads are banging into one. It's just like. Good times. Bro, you got to get control of this fucking thing. So. I've never been thrown think- out of a league match before. They kicked a quarter of the team out? Jesus. Yeah, right? I was at a quarter now. That's a fifth. Two of, two of 11. Two of 11. But they were down to, I guess, you right? Don't you say, oh, you're down. No, they were down to nine men. Because, I thought you yeah. said eight. No, they were down to nine. So I did say nine, eight, but I, was, uh, I was, wasn't including the, goal, the goalkeeper. So, yeah, that's very important. that was my weekend. Excellent. I um, went to my motorcycle class, so. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Did my motorcycle class day one. Had no idea what the fuck I was doing. It was 100 degrees <laughs> out on the blacktop. One girl, the ambulance showed up for her because she was dehydrated. So I decided not to go back to day two and just start all, start all over again in, in April because it was a fucking mess out there. Questions, thoughts? About that? <laughs> what was the, 
What was uh, day one like that was so pathetic? Was it just the the, the crowd, the, the woman going down, or you feel like you didn't weren't really gleaming anything out of it? I don't think. Also, I, I thought was, of something. I did. I uh, don't think I was uh, prepared for what was to come. I had no concept of it, and apparently it was training day there, not just for me, but it was training day for the employees. So there was like seven people there, all teaching me different ways. A man who's never used a clutch on a motorcycle or a clutch in real life, ever. So I was completely confused. The girl going down was completely disheartening. My inability to figure out the how to change gears was not fun. The whole thing was a fucking disaster. I explained this to a couple of people, and they said it. They said it. They were like, they I would have fucking left. Like, when I explained what was going on, they were just like, I would have left. There was one guy that was in my class that was a very nice guy. We got along great. But every time I'd have a question for the instructor, he would start answering, and the instructor would just let him answer. Fuck that. And I was just oh, like, cool. I, that's infuriating. I, I, I don't, like, I, I wanted, like, without causing a scene, I wanted to be like, dude, could you please shut the fuck up and let them talk? But, you know, I didn't. I did great in the uh, classroom section, but when I got to the road test, that was not so great. So day two would have been the final, like the road test and the final test. I did a practice test when I got home after day one, and I killed it. They have a practice test online. And then all the stuff that I didn't learn on the course that I was supposed to be taught, I looked up YouTube videos and learned how to do it. But then at 4 o'clock in the morning, I had an anxiety attack and said, nope, I'm not doing this. For, on, for the second class. I was just like, can't do it. My mind is not here. And it was so sunburned. I queried. Go ahead, Chris. First up, go ahead. You can, you can ask, Chris. Let me ask you a query. Why do you, do you, you don't have to take this, right? I do. To legally ride my bike. My, really? My scooter is 100, it's over 50, it's 120 cc's. So I, I thought mean, you, but I thought, and anything ahead, over 50 cc's, you have to have a motorcycle license. Oh. My, my Scoot Magoot can go pretty fast. Okay. Oh, so that's that's the test to get your motorcycle license. Yes. Now, mind you, my scooter has no clutch. It's fully automatic and fuel injected. So I'm never going to use the knowledge that I have to learn because I am never going to be motorcycle dude. Sorry. Motorcycles to me means methamphetamine and lost limbs. Can I uh, can I add another something to this little story that I don't believe I told you? So uh, I saw a mutual friend of ours. What's what story are you talking about? My story. You're, that, well, I I don't know. Whatever. I'm confused today, so we're just gonna roll with what I'm saying here. Okay. okay. Brandon, do you have any questions about my class before we move on to something else? No, but once we start talking now, I do have two things as well. So go back. All right. We'll, we'll let go Chris go first. Go, go, go back. Back. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, the only reason it made me think of it, because you just mentioned never buying a motorcycle. Um, so I ran into a mutual. Well, you know, I had a meeting, I guess you could call it, with a mutual friend of ours. And he said, is now, now all of ours? No, just you and me, Jim. I'm sorry. No, it's OK. And um, I was putting it put it this way. I was taking some uh, pictures to get framed. And um, he asked is your brother getting a motorcycle? And I said, no, I don't think so. He said, good. Tell him to just stick with the scooter for now. I am sticking with the scooter. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I don't think he is. I know he just got a scooter. But... I'm never getting a motorcycle. Uh, but why? They're cool. No, they're lame. 
They're really cool. You can yeah. grow dirty hair and um, all of a sudden be into meth. Brandon, Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, I agree. They're not cool. Uh, it's, it's funny I couldn't think of this, but last Monday I went to a funeral for a guy that died in a motorcycle accident Jesus the week Christ. before. Turned, uh, was trying to cut through traffic, went into the oncoming lane. Someone turned left and flipped right over the, flipped right over the uh, car that turned left and dead at the scene. So I just keep keeping on the the buddy, the buddy kick. Buddy kicks uh, pretty <laughs> rad. I, I, I go just fast enough to avoid things like that, but not so fast that I am oblivious to everything around me. It's insane, dude. People, like, they say it. it's the mo- the most dangerous place to be on a motorcycle or something like that is an intersection. Right. People do not see you. They do that... not see you. People have looked right at me and almost hit me. They don't fucking see you. And they tell you this in the classes and when you're studying about it. And you're kind of like, well, how couldn't they see me? I'm loud. I got all these lights. I got a big shiny fucking helmet. How can they not see me? They do not fucking see you, and they don't give a shit. No, they don't. I did. The the mother of the guy that the funeral was for was also her leg was completely broken from a separate motorcycle accident at the funeral. And then last night I was dropping my rent off in Old City or uh, in West Philly, and saw a dude get flipped over on a bicycle over a car. So I'm like, I got. Two wheel road trauma right now. I'm, I'm sticking in the sedan for the foreseeable future, but be careful out there. <laughs> you know, I I've ri- I rode a bicycle in the city for I don't know 15 years or something like that every day, and it's fucking you know it takes a certain amount of insanity to do it, but then to add you you know me being able to go now 40 miles 40 to 50 miles an hour on a scooter, which I never get up to. When you're riding around the city, there's no reason for you to ever to be driving that fast. Speed limit is 25 miles an hour no matter where you are. Even on Delaware, the speed limit is fucking 35 miles an hour, even though people go 70 miles an hour down there. Right. There's no real reason to speed. If you can pull it off, though, a mutual friend of ours wrecked his scooter in a pothole in the city. I know. Nice, I know. nice clean 50K from the city of Philadelphia. So. Nice. I'll get it. I'm going to go wreck shit. Might be worth, Miss might work. Be worth the bump. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. You got anything else? No, I was just thinking about when you said that. I was thinking about how many times I've been in my truck, and I just like, you know, you see them, you see motorcycles come past you, and you're just like, holy shit. You know, like you didn't even notice they were there. Like they'll be in the, they'll be in the right hand, like I'll be in the left lane. I'll see a motorcycle come in the right lane, and I'll be like, thank God I didn't just try to change lanes because – I had no idea that dude was there. That's why they're so loud. I uh, what else do I have? Anything else? No. Today I, I hung out at the bar and waited for a sink to get fixed. I was there from 8 a.m. until 5. <laughs> right on time. Who who said who says running their own business is fun? Oh, I'm Jim. Anyone ever said that once? I'm Jim. And I'm going to handle as many Japanese promotions as I can handle in a week. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. First up, did anybody watch the WWE pay per view? Chris? No. Brandon, did you catch any of it? No, I watched the. Uh, I looked up a video of the finish of the main event, but besides that, didn't Finn see. Finn Balor like... on the ropes. Yeah. Oh boy. Did you guys see that? I did not. I know what happened. I heard about I didn't it. See it. 
I did not I, watch. The only it's, thing. <clears throat> it's kind of one of those things that it's like it sounds bad, and then you watch it, and you're like, it's it's even worse than you would imagine. The lighting in the arena is all red. It's foggy. You can't really see what's going on. The demon has emerged. It's like they're building up the finish, and then it's just you hear like poof, poof, and he just like kind of falls onto his uh, face, and the lights come back on. It's pretty fucking sad. So let me just add something really quick. The lead-in, because there's a lead-in to that. And that's what I saw. Um, I saw the lead-in. They were laying outside the ring, uh, Finn Balor and Roman Reigns, and the heartbeat started then. And Finn Balor started convulsing and coming back to life. Oh, I did see that. At that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was doing like, uh, he was rock and roll, and he looked like he was doing the worm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. Looking for a cool gif of it. Oh, here it is. I got a gif. Let's see. He's jumping. He's doing double kick, the double foot drop kick. Okay. What else we got? <laughs> Oh, my God. This is so embarrassing. Just the stills are so embarrassing. What the fuck is this company doing? Dude, it was bad. Trust the process. I don't. No, neither do I. Anything to add to WWE? Nothing. Shall we move on? Yeah, let's. Chris, how you like NXT 2.0? I, uh, <clears throat> I caught um, one episode, the one with the wedding. And uh, Yeah, so... Yeah, that's what I saw. Go ahead. I'll, I'll chime in. Yeah. So I made some notes about this because I couldn't figure out how to really convey the way I was feeling about watching it. Because, all right, let's go back. We started not talking about NXT. And it was the week, two weeks before NXT 2.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was nothing going on. Um, so we stopped watching. We weren't talking about it. And I watched the most recent uh most recent episode, so last week's. Did you and watch the wedding? No. Okay. No. There's some. He had a hatchet in his jacket. It, it was uh, whatever. Are they like guys really were, dating these two? I have no idea, but hopefully they're not. They're living a gimmick, that's for sure. Because they're they living made out like they were. Yeah, yeah they did. Hey, yo, sex is sex, brother. Yeah, that, that is true. Woo, 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 woo. Oh, we're gonna talk about him. Later. All right. Oh, yeah. So, well, let's chime into this really quick because it was the first WWE product I watched since I saw that dark side of the ring. Okay. The woo has been eliminated from the beginning of it. Okay. I, yeah, you know, when gone. they said, when they would say his, yeah, woo, and then they would show the WWE logo, it's gone. He, they took him out. Um, so I kind of just did this in, I, I, I'm going to put the, what I thought was good about it. Because um, Jim and I, you and I talked about this the other day, and I, I had flipped through the channels and saw it, and I was like, oh, my God, it kind of looks like a shitty bash at the beach. Like, it looks just... Very bright. And you said, yeah, and you said, who cares? And then when I watched the show, you're right, who gives a shit? Yeah, it who cares? Because it looked like shit. If you honestly look at these two shows next to each other, pre-2.0, 1.0, I guess, versus 2.0, 2.0 it looks way better with more color than that dark, dingy, fucking, I don't know, ECW arena-looking fucking show that they yeah. had for the longest uh, time. They they kind of when they went to the CWC and they had kind of changed it from screens to people uh, in the last year or so. That's when it started looking really shitty. Before they were at full sale, it never really looked too bad. It just looked like an, a wrestling show, but it started looking kind of like almost like excuse me, like Lucha Undergroundy, but not but cool. Not cool. Lucha not Underground cool. with no character. Right. 
picture right. that had no character to it. So, Brandon, any thoughts um, on that, Brandon? Yeah, that was one of the last memories I had of Adam Cole in NXT was him standing on the desk going, I own this. This is my company. And he's just standing in like a kind of empty warehouse room. So it's like, this doesn't look very impressive. I don't know if I would want to own this. I own this shitty garage. Get out. Yeah. Like, fucking, like Fight Club. <laughs> my name's Lou. The sign outside says Lou. He goes to the shitty ass bar. Yeah. I'm fucking Lou. So, but I, I, I did do, I, I, all right, so I, I wanted to kind of um, talk about the positives of this show instead of just dwelling on negatives because every wrestling show is full. It's I think every wrestling show is a majority negative and some decent shit that happens around the crap. Um, so apparently Samoa Joe's injured, but I'm reading rumors are he's not injured. He was never really intended on being – he was like a transition uh, to get Karrion Cross off the roster, and he's going to have more of a backstage role. I don't know how true that is, but Samoa Joe announced he's injured, and he gave up the championship. He relinquished it. So I guess they had a fatal four-way for the it's championship. supposed to be a fatal four-way. Yeah, and Ciampa won. But it wasn't uh, a fatal four-way. What was it? It was supposed to be a fatal four-way. And then um, L.A. Knight gets um, conf confronted by – Rick Steiner's kid, a.k.a. Bron Breaker. Okay. Bron Bracker. And accepts the challenge from Bron Bracker. Yeah. At the, the first yeah. match of the show before the title match. Right. I, I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, it, do, it doesn't matter. We're not. We're, we're past that. We're weeks past that now. So let's just go. They have Chop as their champion. You're going to start off. You're going to. You're going to have. First of all, let's address. How Vince is this? NXT 2.0. Is anything 2.0 that's new anymore? I mean, to me, that just seems like a really outdated way of describing a new version of something. AOL why not just call it? Why not just call it NXT with the new logo? Like, why? Do, what's 2.0? Was it Matt Hardy 2.0? It's evolved. <sighs> what's really the name of the of the, uh, of the tag team in in um? What's Everrise called now? Aren't they called 2.0? They are. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So wrestling's still in the 2.0 realm. Um, Brandon, so thoughts on 2.0? If you guys are a fish fan, you you would know that we're on 4.0, fish 4.0 right now, just to prove how dated that is. Yeah. What does that mean? Why are they 4.0? Just like NXT, as the sound evolves and changes, you just gotta you tag it with a new point .0. And... Gotcha. Okay. Okay, it's a new, it's a new version. So that really new, sold. New update. Just attach it to fish. That really sold it. There you go. Um, so I, yeah, they're gonna start off this new version of NXT with Champ as a champion. I think that's the best idea that they have. He's probably the perfect package on that roster now that everybody else, the other guys are gone. Namely, other guys. I think I want to just say Adam Cole. Um, you know, as far as uh, in ring ability, uh, believability, and mic work. Uh, the guy's probably one of the best that they have on all of their rosters. So I think that was a good move. Um, they retooled Diamond Mine to actually look like a bunch of badasses. Uh, I mean, Ivy Nile, get the fuck out of here. Like, she looks ridiculous. Right? I With the chain that. around her neck and the, and the, and the, and the double, the MMA girl double uh, pony, uh, French braids on either side of her head. Which is the way you know? that these fighting women should probably look anyway. 
don't you think? Well, that's how that's how most of them do. Right, like in real life. Yeah, they either have short hair or they have the the cornrows or right. you know the uh, the double uh, French French braid, whatever that is. Oh shit, her her arms and shoulders and triceps are fucking ridiculous. Yeah, and she walks around with a big metal chain around her neck. That's I mean, that's rad. like, I mean, come on, that's awesome. Um, and then you know, so you got Bron Breaker. Okay, first of all, he's got two K's in his name. That's so stupid. I want to ask if they name if Vince came up with his name having three K's and had to be told Vince that you can't do that. You just stole my joke. I said that the other day. <laughs> did I did you say it to me? Yes, you did. <laughs> good joke. It's all good. You can have it. It's all good. I, I don't remember that. It earwormed you. It must have slipped in there. Sorry about that. I didn't <laughs> it's okay. Apologize. That's shitty. Good. Um. Yeah. And. Uh, but other than that, it's the same faces. You got a bunch of Vince guys in there. You got a bunch of dudes that I don't know who they are in there. You got a bunch of Beef Wellingtons in there that like you know Biff McGiff and Steve Buffman, you know one, shit like that. One thing I gotta say is about all these dudes, the men that have been added to this roster, besides Bron Breaker, they all look exactly fucking the same. One hundred percent. Like they and all the t- look exactly the same. The same fucking haircut. The same facial hair. None. No body hair. A lot yeah. of them have fucking singlets on now. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'll be honest this? with you. I have. I watched this show. Um, I have. Real quick, no... name three of them. Besides um, Bob Breaker and, and Beef Wellington. Uh, Australian dude. Yes. Guy that runs around with Pete Dunn now. Uh, tag uh, team dudes in diamond mine and tag team dudes in diamond mine and then tag team dudes that are like hey we're the tag team guys there's a couple of them okay well there's the country dudes like that's who we like to break stuff and fix things and Mm -hmm. i don't know what the fuck that was so we're back back to mid-80s occupational gimmicks yeah brandon got Um, thoughts brandon yeah I got nothing on this, man. I'm I'm checking out of NXT for the time being with that while the G1 and Dark Side of the Ring are on. I can't do it. It's yeah, just I, hear you. I was yeah, less into it than you guys originally, and I watched about 40 minutes of the first episode, and I was like, ah, oh, this is even worse than it's terrible. <laughs> okay, continue, Chris. Sorry. So I, I'll be honest with you. The only one that does look different than all the other guys is Braun Breaker. Yeah, Braun Breaker. Goofy Steiner singlet. He's got um, a mu- does he have a mustache? Yeah, he's got a mustache. He's got a mustache. He's got just a short haircut, but he's, dude, he looks just like his old man yeah. and sounds just like his fucking uncle. Yeah, and he's big, and he's and a he's former huge. football player, so this guy's yeah. going to be a fucking star. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I have no problem with, uh, with the people who are bitching and moaning about it. Fuck it. Get over the name. This guy's probably going to be really good. Yeah, it's you a stupid know? name. He might, not, he might not even have it by the time he gets to the fucking main roster. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a terrible I mean, name. This is a guy I, who came Braun up with that. Breaker. What when the you're fuck Braun, Braun, not Braun, not Braun, not Brock, different. not Brock, but Braun, Braun. Maybe that's because he's the different. Like you're like, oh, he's just like he's strong like Braun, and he's big like Brock. We'll name him B-R-O-N. So Braun. it's like Braun, but it's like Brock. It's a combination of Braun. the two. 
puke. So anything else from NXT? But well, yeah, I mean, sorry, NXT 2.0. I don't want to confuse any listeners. Yeah, the the only thing it is is that like you have all these new faces and all these guys that he didn't like. You know, the rumor was he didn't want any of these midgets anymore and all this other shit. You get all these new faces. But the fucking top guys are still going to be their big guys because the big guys are the only ones that really can work and do promos. Well, and that's Champa and Gargano and the fucking holders. To the Moon guy and all the other shit. It's they're these other hold. guys that's are just they're dopes. There they're yeah. there to hold the the title until one of the younger guys beats them. Right. That's what they're there for. The the one thing I did want to get in about Braun Breaker is that. His outfit, when I saw it, is exactly the colors of NXT 2.0. I, d- I don't think that was accidental. It's like, this is right. the new NXT. This... It's people that look like this. Right, right. And like I said, he's the only one out of all of them. I don't have a problem. Look, I think you need guys. Like, even the guys that all look the same, you need that guy. Yeah. But you only need one of them. You don't need 20 of them. I think this you is need the, that I think shitty the, looking generic wrestler guy. Well, I think this is, this is definitely like Vince's Vince or Nick Khan or whatever are not afraid to get rid of all these dudes and just keep the one that works. So you're yeah. just going to throw a bunch of these fucking dudes at a wall and hopefully one of them sticks. sticks. Yeah. Braun Breaker is going to stick. Like you said, He's Brandon, his his outfit is the colors of NXT. He's Mr. NXT right now. The rest of the guys are all fucking interchangeable. We haven't heard any of them speak. Have we? Yeah, they did some. We did some promo. There were some promos. This well, besides week. the besides well, the, we fix and break things, guys. Well, yeah, but then there was also a guy sitting in the ring at one point talking. <laughs> so, I mean, there were some promos, and I will tell you, I am not lying when I say I fast forwarded through every single fucking one of them. Yeah, no interest. I had too much to do that I had to listen to this. Listen to this shit. So. All right, any last any last thoughts on NXT 2.0? Will you be watching? Will you be watching tonight or this week's? I have to. <laughs> no, you don't. Have to. No, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, you look, this is what I'll do. When these go, when these shows go to shit, you give them a peek and see what's going on. You can usually tell pretty quickly. Tonight, I believe is, I will watch at least one match. I think there's something to be talking about because tonight, I believe is um, Frankie Monet and Raquel Gonzalez. Okay, that's probably gonna be a good one. And, so that's and probably gonna Gonzalez be a good could one. lose. Yes, 100. percent that's another example. And, and, of, you got an listen, older Mandy wrestler Rose, that can hold. And Mandy Rose and her and her whole crew are fun. Yeah, they'll yeah. You know, they're in but, a, they're in a uh, they're in a story with Io Shirai, so of course yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Right. So but Saturday's getting fired. No way. Also, <laughs> I no, I can just see them bailing without being any reason. I just like we're like, oh, there's somebody to be excited about. He'll let her go. She oh, just put out her first uh, Topps baseball card or whatever. Who's the company that puts out their cards? Do you know, Chris? Brandon? WWE cards? Don she's Russ. Got, she's got some signed ones. Don Russ. They're Don Russ. Uh, upper I, deck. I think they're top, upper deck. I don't know. I don't know who makes cards. Now it's all either. NFTs. So. I have no idea. Looks like Topps. Topps. Yeah. yeah. Anybody wants to buy me, wants to send one to the uh, podcast, feel free to. I just want Sarai. You can keep the rest. All right. Um, also, yeah, real ahead. quick, to, to Chris's point, like we're, the podcast is called Wrestling is Hard because it's just not that easy to watch. There's, We'll do what we can here. Chris is watching NXT, but the, we're actually at a point now where there's more than enough stuff to watch mm-hmm. between the G1 going on, these shows. There's four hours of AEW last week. Like, We don't need to be trying to cram. No. <laughs> cram and, you know, Dark Side of the Ring is going on for, what, nine episodes? We only got two of them. Right. 
There's a lot of work. If you're, li- if you're listening to this to determine what to watch and what not to, just don't watch that stuff from <laughs> Right, right. Also, if you really want us to watch it, just send us a message or post on one of our on, – on Instagram. Please. Please. Like, no, you know, you got to watch – um, you watch what you want to watch just because you we don't like it doesn't mean that you shouldn't. No, of course, like whatever you want. But if you if you watch something, you're like, yo, you got to see Beef Wellington in a death match versus uh, Ham Sandwich or something than on NXT 2.0. <laughs> and if it number sucks, two. we'll just block you from social media platforms. <laughs> NXT number priority. two. Please watch it. All right. Shall we move on? Yes. All right, real quick mentions. Uh, Stardom, their five-star tournament, ended. The final is has not aired yet without pay-per-view, and I'm already paying for Stardom World, so I ain't watching it until I can see it. Usually it airs right after we, we record, so Wednesday morning it'll, record, it'll show up. I'll watch it. I'll let you guys know what to watch if there's anything worth watching, and uh, I have a quick uh, little monologue about it. But... Uh, Let's move on to something that's been amazing. What's uh, Go ahead. one question? What's the context of that tournament for us? Just so imagine the G1 for... Climax. It's the stardom G1 Climax. Gotcha. G1 okay. Climax is, is late this year because of all the cancellations, right. sicknesses. It's just been scheduled late. It wouldn't usually – the finals would be coming up by now. So it's like a month late. Usually stardom – all the tournaments in Japan usually happen at the end of summer. The reason they happen at the end of summer is because Japan is fucking hot, and they got to get people in these buildings. And – the best way to get people in these buildings is to make really exciting matchups. So what they do is they all run their tournament season in when it's dead time, when it's super hot. Nobody wants to be stuck in an air-conditioned building because a lot of those buildings still don't have air conditioning. Right. So. Okay. Yeah, so it's G1 Climax Lady version. Thank you. Exciting stuff. I'll have a list of stuff to check out, but we'll talk about that next week when I get to see the final. But let's talk about New, J- uh, New Japan's G1 Climax. It started... It's been fucking great so far. Brandon, I'll let you uh, give your thoughts if you have any. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm behind because they're putting out 12 hours a week. So I watched the first two nights. Uh, asked Jimmy late, a little bit later what to catch from 3, 4, 5 if, if he's watched them. But uh, you, you knew like the first nights were going to be big. I saw immediately online people were excited about it. Um, I was when I, when I saw the card – and I saw Shingo and Ishii, I was like, that's one that I'll be looking forward to. And then I saw it was the first night. I was like, okay, definitely going to check this one out. That was probably what motivated me to, to dive in. Uh, that was like the first one that got me hooked. There's, they're a little light this year, I think. So there's going to be some matches that you can you know, fast forward through. I think that's probably a good thing, as I mentioned, if you're talking 12, 15 hours a week uh, without going too into like match by match. That's my uh, overall thoughts, if you guys have watched any of it. Yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you. If I was to give advice on matches to absolutely catch, I would watch any match with Ishii, Shingo, Tanahashi, Ibushi, Okada, Zack Sabre Jr. Fucking Zack Sabre Jr. Naito gets injured. He's out in his first match. Now, this was set up you could tell from watching the, the way that this is set up that he would naito was naito's in this little feud it's been going on through the year between naito sonata uh zach saber jr and tai chi for the tag titles so this match was set up for naito who's one of the favorites to lose the zach saber jr zach saber jr always beats someone in the middle of the match the reports out report comes out afterwards he gets injured naito gets injured trying to use it do a destino he ends up partially tearing his MCL, 
and his uh, meniscus, I believe. So he's done. He's done for the tournament. But in smart behavior, good booking, they say, all right, Zack Sabre Jr. immediately is bragging in the backstage about how he defeated Naito by taking out his leg, and he has swept everybody out so far. He's beaten Zack Sabre, or he's beaten Naito, he's beaten Shingo in a fucking amazing match, and he beat Ibushi in an amazing match. Now, Ibushi's whole story going into this is that he's had the pneumonia, and he hasn't been the same character. So he's been lo- he's lost two of his three matches, including uh, one against the Tokyo Pimp. He lost his first match against the Tokyo Pimp, which was a big fucking shock. So they're kind of like, you know, you got, I, I got to give New Japan credit. You know, they a lot of their guys decided they weren't going to come over here. They're big names. Osprey, that turd burger. Um, Jay White. These guys didn't come back. So they're working with like a, a deck that's, you know, they've had some injuries. They've had... You know, Naito gets hurt. Shingo had COVID. Um, Okada had COVID. Uh, Tanahashi is, quote-unquote, getting old. She, uh, you know, like, uh, Ibushi had fucking pneumonia, and he's back. They managed to put together a pretty damn decent first couple of nights. Now, I'm not going to tell you to watch every single match. You'd be a fucking crazy person to watch every match. I don't watch every fucking match. I am not watching Yano matches. Although the Yano match against Kenta was a lot of fun because Kenta was great. I'm not watching that shit. But I'd say go out of your way to watch Zack Sabre Jr., Shingo, Tanahashi, Ibushi, and Okada. Okada is the rainmaker again, baby. He's fucking back. Brandon, good. I actually don't mind the, the Yano matches. I guess I just haven't seen them all ten times probably like you have. Where Who I've been having a hard time with is uh, Tongaloa and Tamatanga. Oh, man, they're tough. Man. That's, Tongaloa they're in particular is like, wow. Yeah, they're very much like they just can't compete at the at the level that you're looking for uh for this and i also you know, the mediocre okarney i'm not a huge fan of but i see he's 4-0 here as, as i as i pull it up but that's okay we'll move on from that i guess naito's they, they don't do a replacement at no he did you know the, t- no, the, the tournament was set up a certain way it wouldn't be fair to everybody else if you just threw somebody else in there right in sports mentality yeah be like oh somebody got knocked out of the playoffs because they got hurt Half their team got hurt, so let's just stick another team in there. It just doesn't, you know what I mean? It just doesn't, from a sports perspective, it's like, nope, everybody gets a bye that was supposed to play them. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Uh, I, the only reason I asked is like Bell Tour. I think, uh, I think what it was it Pride used to do the tourneys. They'll fill people in when people go down just for the hell of it to get to get shows on. But uh, I think that this makes more sense this way. Uh, I mentioned Ishii earlier. This is like his time of year. I feel like he's one of those guys that's like you probably you kind of know he's not going to win. No, he uh, wins shit. He's zero and three. If um, like if you're growing up, we have an an athlete or something that you like. You know, he's not the best player in the team, but he's like. You just have a soft spot for him. Ishii's very much that guy for me. I, I don't miss his matches and that. Uh, one with Shingo was just like insanely hard hitting right off the bat. Uh, going to the other side of it, Jeff Cobb rules even though he's a flat earther. God damn, is he strong? And it's like one of those guys you feel like uh, I, you, you could see going pretty far in this thing if they wanted to to pull the trigger on that at some point. He's in his late 30s. Uh, the, you want to talk about the Okada Tanahashi match? That was probably the highlight of what I watched. Fucking love that match. I loved it. Is it their best match? I don't know. I think of the first two nights, I think the best match, the most fucking insane match was Shingo versus uh, Shishii. That was fucking nuts. That closing sequence, 
was absolutely insane. That's like it's not going to get much better than that. Watching a closing sequence to a match, like it was like a minute right. and a half of absolute insanity, where you're just like, how the fuck are these dudes not hurting each other? You, yeah, you just have to feel like they are. And and Ishii, I I never realized it until you brought it up is like five foot five or something like that because yep. he just feels right. so big in there. Um. But yeah, I just wanted to talk that again. I only saw the first two nights. So if, if I miss some cool shit afterwards, you go ahead and cover it. But the Okada Tanahashi was was so fucking cool because it was they went almost the entire time limit, and it was they both knew all of the tricks that each other had. They fought each other so many times before that it, it was it felt like by the the end of it that the only difference was kind of time, and it was like everything that the one guy pulled out, the other guy was anticipating. And Okada, just by being a little bit younger, a little bit stronger, a little bit fresher, came out of a couple of those exchanges at the end, and that was the difference. And it's like the perfect way to have two legends fight each other, where nobody looks bad. It's just like, hey, man, it's Tanahashi. You still got everything. Your head's still there 110%, just like it's always been. But physically, just you're only maybe you're only at 95%, and that 5% just going to be enough to, to uh, lose in the last fucking minute against a guy like Okada. So... That was really fun. Definitely check that one out. That's all yeah, I got from the first The Rainmaker's season. back, baby. I'm ready. We got a Rainmaker pose? Oh, shit. Yeah, I fucking yeah, lost I it when that. I saw that Rainmaker pose. He looks around. He did the elbow drop, looked around. I was like, oh, shit, and he did it. Almost brought a tear to my eye. It was fucking beautiful. It's the good old days. They're all back again. Chris, any thoughts? Did you check any of this? Yeah, I watched. Um, what did I watch? I watched the Ishii Shingo. Two of my favorite wrestlers. I mean, you know, I think you guys wrapped it up pretty good there. Um, I watched the Zack Sabre Jr. Shingo. Once again, two of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, I love the fact that um, Zack Sabre Jr. gets the quick tap on the arm bar. Um, I love when they do that instead of this, like, you know, I know you're going to tap. We're going to struggle. And then the hand's going to come up. And then I'm going to tap. No, right. I like the realistic quick tap. I think that's the way it should be. Uh, also, if and, I can just if, real quick, if I yeah. can add, you know, it's like a tournament mindset where like you have more matches. Take to, the loss. Yeah, take the fucking loss and come yeah, back the, the other day. Doesn't that make sense? Like, oh, okay, yep. I'm done. I'm done. I'm I'll done. try again tomorrow. Go ahead. Um, I also like the um, and I did watch you. I watched the Okada Tana match today, and I'll tell you what, man. When I turned that match on, and I was sitting in, the, in my basement watching it, and I was like, it was almost like a playoff game starting. I was like, holy shit, man. Like, we haven't had a reason to really give a shit about any of this. I can't remember the last time I tuned in to um, New Japan at all, you know? And this was the, uh, and it was right, because it had just gotten, they were stopping, they were starting, they were stopping, they were starting. And, you know, now it's like, all right, they're going to go right back to what works. And um, the one thing, and, you know, the other thing too, like, uh, the, there's no heavy, like overly heavy bullet club shit going on right now. Well, evil, um, evil still got it. Yeah. No, okay, you can yeah, skip yeah, his yeah, matches. Yeah. I'm telling right. you right now, if you, if that's not for you, his cheating bullshit and Dick Togo, yeah. although Dick Togo, <laughs> Dick Togo, Dick to go. Fuck it. Okada versus evil match actually wasn't too bad. And Dick Togo comes in to interfere. Okada hasn't isn't having any of his shit. Does a running shotgun drop kick to Dick Togo. He goes flying across the ring. It was amazing. You're like, fuck this guy. Finally got it. 
I mean, I guess that's them doing their job when they get their comeuppance. You're like, oh, right. yeah, fuck that dude. Right. So, I mean, and also I love like New Japan, which has this mastery of like what you said with Kota Ibushi. It's this, and, and they do it with Tana all the time. Every other year they do it with Tana. It's this mastery of telling that, um, you know, it, it's almost like an American wrestling thing where if you lose, you suck. That's it. You suck. You have, go on a string of losses. It, you, you're a jobber. Right. You can't tell the story in the loss. Right. Uh, I'll ask like Brandon, who if I ask you, who do you think the most famous, most recognizable, most popular MMA fighter right now is? Uh, McGregor. OK. How many losses does he have? Probably five or six at this point. Yeah. And they're bad. Right. I mean, he gets the shit kicked out of him. The last couple losses of the broken leg aside gets knocked out, gets choked out by Khabib, doesn't look good at all after talking all that shit. Does that diminish what you see as body of work, his skill, his level of skill on, on a whole from his beginning to now? Does that diminish the way that you see him because he's lost some fights later in his career? The, the past is the past. And it, once you get to that apex, no one can take that away from you. And it's like... Uh, it, you always will be that person. It's a little bit different, that example, because there's so much uh, the, unique to that. There's so much embarrassing trash talk up front. Yeah, but in, let's in just general, get rid of that. Yeah, just go to the skill set. Yes. As, as right? skill-wise, once you reach the fucking the climax, the G1 climax, the apex, you you have that forever. And right. it's like you can't take – yeah, you can certainly lose at that point in the career. You just have to do it well, and I, I think they nailed it. I hope I didn't oversimplify it. But nope. No, no, no. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is is that, like, when you look at professional sports, you know, the, the, the a Hall of Famer is a Hall of Famer. Who gives a shit that he batted – if a baseball player batted 187 in his last year? That doesn't fucking matter. Right. Right? He's still the – but he's still a Hall of Fame, elite-level Hall of Fame athlete. And what they He'll do in New Japan is, is that – yeah – they Nobody have this on the mats. Sorry. I'm not trying to talk. Yeah, exactly. No, it's fine. So they have this like way of telling a story where it's like, Oh yeah, he is, he is still this guy. There's something going on. That's making him not perform to that level, but he's still that guy. And then they build the story to where the storyline is now him becoming that guy again. And they they do it. There's a mastery to it in the way that they do it. And they can do that without making you look like a fucking idiot. Right, <laughs> Baron Cor Corbin going broke. That's pretty good, though. That storyline's pretty good. But you understand what yeah. I mean, though. It's just always like you look. You got to show your ass. Like if you lose, you have to show your ass. You got to be the storyline is your. It's it's your. Not that you are great, and this one thing, these two things need to get back into place. No, it's you're an you're an idiot now. Mm -hmm. I, I could not to. Not to keep using these uh, MMA comparisons, but the, I think a perfect one for this is Anderson Silva because I experienced it in real life where as he was going through the tail end of his career, he kept losing. But by a fucking hair against guys that were winning the title and you knew we're at the top of their game. So every single time, even though he lost three in a row, you're still like. I actually thought he might have won that fight. I thought it was the judge. I, now he's fighting this next guy. He could do it again. Or if Tiger Woods is like he came back at fucking 41, won the Masters. It's like 
when you're at that point in your career, the perfect thing is that it's like you just show that maybe this is the night where he, he pieces it all together and he digs a little bit deeper. They they just crush that like real sports feeling that that uh you you want. So as a sports fan, Jimmy doesn't give a fuck about shit like that, right? But what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and, but they do, and they do it with Tana. They do it with Tana every other year. For like the last five, six years, every other year has been Tana putting the pieces back together of his career. Well, they were saying that you know the big story in this, according to the English announced team, is that um, Tanahashi had a good run up until the G1. Could he keep it going? Was his body able to keep it up? You know what I mean? So he loses to Okada, but he doesn't look like a fool losing to Okada. He lost a fucking Okada. And Okada looked brilliant in this fucking match. So, you know, it just wasn't your day. Could it have been another day? Sure. You know what I mean? Is Ishii, Ishii's 0-3, is he 0-3 because he sucks? No, he's 0-3 because he's beating the living shit out of himself trying to win these matches and he's not coming out on top. The other guy is. But the story is told that Shingo got the shit kicked out of him by Ishii in the first one, taps out real easy in the second match against Zack Sabre Jr., you're using sports analogies, but it's perfect for G1 because that's how they treat it. They treat it like mm-hmm. it's an actual competitive sport with stories within it. It's a matter of paying attention. And English commentary really is helping out. They're doing a great job, especially with that Toro Yano story, man. It's great. <laughs> 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 All right, any more any more stuff about G1? Brandon? No. I was going to mention um, that Evil seems like he's fallen into that area where it's not booze it's just disinterest mm-hmm. that kind of i haven't watched new japan for a long time i was not surprised but i was like damn he's really uh the crowd is not into him for better or worse well <laughs> he's like the bullety club bullet club he is now the house of torture he's got his own little section of bullet club so it's torture to fucking watch i mean obviously you can make that joke Listen, I'm I, I love evil, but I think that this whole cheating—it's just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's. Well, the listen, the only the only hope he has, like you, there is hope. Uh, it is October, and the Halloween stores are reopening. Mm-hmm. Maybe evil can go out and get a whole new Halloween store get up with a giant sickle and laser beams, <laughs> laser fingers, finger, all the again. laser fingers. Yeah, and then we'll go back to the old school evil. I hope when he comes to the ring, he's got a giant inflatable spooky ghost in the ring. It's like, you got to wait for it to fill up. Evil. And it goes, and fills up. It's in the middle of the ring. Oh, they got some good ones at Home Depot, boy. Yep. It's like sports, but you just got to wait for Evil to get his Halloween stuff. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, Evil's pretty rough, They treat it like a real sport. Well, the thing is with Evil, like, Evil brings... There's nothing in it. Like, in my opinion, it's like you're watching Evil. Like, you watch Yujiro Takahashi, and you're like, all right, well, you kind of know he's going to lose. He pulls off the big win against Ibushi, but that's probably the only one he's going to have. He has a decent match against Kenta. Yeah, well, that one, uh, real quick, let me interrupt you. I turned that one on and started watching it about midway through. I was like, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward to something worth it. Don't kill yourself with this. But the catch is that at least he brings Peter to the ring with him. Yes. So we get a little we get a little entertainment in Peter. Evil brings fucking Dick Togo with his big tits to the ring. He fucking sucks. Dick Togo sucks. I'm not, I'm not into you. Better than the, the, the mediocre Ocarney. <laughs> Ocarney. 
The mediocre O'Carney. He is completely mediocre, man. <laughs> the fucking worst. I, think, I can't even watch. I think that's a, the challenge with this one. Is like, okay, you got your let your legends call them. You got your guys that are going to be there to fill out the tournament. But then this like next class is I I don't know it's if it's good. just mine. Yeah. The, the guys these sticks they bring cool. over to, to fight in the tag league. Although I gotta say Chase Owens has been pretty good. Accused rapist. All right, let's move on. Um, uh, what else we got? Let's talk about Dark Side of the Ring. Are you ready to break it down a little bit? We were having a good time. Let's talk about Dark Side. Of the Ring. <laughs> so first up, first up, we get um, what the hell did we watch? It was a lot. Plane, Plane. ride from hell was first. Oh, the planet, Planet Nine from hell. Mm-hmm. The airplane from hell, starring Ric Flair and his cock. Brandon, good. Ugh, this was one of the least fun Dark Side of the Rings to watch because you're going back to my childhood, the guys that I grew up with action figures of made, got me into wrestling. And you just kind of find out every single one of them was a complete piece of shit on this specific day to varying degrees. Uh, somehow, like Stone Cold, I don't think made his name in this. There's like there's one or two guys that they mentioned were there, but they didn't make it into this story. But for the most part... My God, is just everybody a complete drunk scumbag uh, to the point where we actually text each other. And let, maybe this is the time Chris should reveal this. We actually text each other and be like, we've watched enough of these now. And every week someone exposes themselves in particular as a completely clueless piece of shit that we need to come up with a like a name for this. Who's the dark side of the ring interviewee of the week that is – Completely Still out of their idiot. fucking mind to this day. Yeah. So Chris, Chris, would you like to reveal the award? Or Yo, I feel like it's going? not going to live up to the hype, but we'll we'll reveal it now. It's okay. as good a time as any. Okay. So let me ask your opinion uh, from the people in this episode. Who in 2021 <laughs> is the biggest piece of shit in this episode? The first episode we're talking about, right? Yes. I think it's unanimous, right, Brandon? Who's that? It's to the point where, to the point where we, Chris and I, both responded to the same name simultaneously, like uh, unprompted. No one asked. You're just like, oh my god, Tommy fucking Dreamer in this. It's okay. Tommy Dreamer, by far. It's Tommy Dreamer, by far. Okay. Tommy Dreamer. Because uh, there's a couple things that he does. This there's there's a chain of events here. So he he tells the story of Ric Flair. Okay. Now. If any of my friends were drunk in the days that I was drinking, they wouldn't be in my house drunk now. But if they were drunk and it was just me and a couple of our friends, uh, uh, men, a room full of men, and one of them decided to put my robe on and come downstairs naked and propel on his dick, I would think it was fucking hilarious. That was me. I'm sorry. That would be me. That would be you in a room full of men. My dick was always out. If no, if somebody you don't know is in the in the room, whether it be a male or a female, it's in, in, you know, I mean, if you don't know the person, now I you're starting with another. I wasn't pulling my dick out for that. Okay, there you go. So this happens now. I uh, took a poll of one uh, <laughs> situation because I only have one contact with one female who is a pretty tough woman. Um. I would consider her to be a tough woman that I have uh, contact with on a daily basis. And I asked her if this situation with a man 
essentially going as far as you possibly can go without physically raping you. Let me let me just put another another um, addendum on this. Yeah. Um, this was what eighteen years ago. Eighteen years ago. So yeah. this man Something was like in his 50s as well. Yes. Okay. Yes. So go ahead. I just want to add that um, he's a 50 year old yeah. man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 50 year old man, grown ass man. So this grown ass man um, kind of put you in a position in which you were forced to touch his penis. Now, you get to a point in which you think I should, I can press charges against this person or I can, uh, they're going to offer me a settlement. I could take a settlement or I could press charges. But if I press charges, my young children are going to get involved in this whole situation. It's going to be all over the fucking place and it's going to get all my personal business is going to start going all over the place because of this situation. Cause they're going to dig up whatever they can. Which was, this, this was, this was addressed in the show. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying it the way I'm saying it. Do you take the settlement? And this person, who's a very defiant, independent, tough woman, said, in that situation, yeah, I take the money. Right. Because you take the money in a situation like that does not mean under any circumstances that you you are okay, compliant, or are lying about that situation. And Tommy Dreamer in 2021 says, alludes to the fact that she was all three. Okay. Now, Tommy Dreamer, you know, I was around for ECW. I was in my, well into my 20s, I believe, when it was at its Tommy Dreamer hype. I was there when he lost to, he took two superfly leaps from, he kicked out of the super fly leap from Jimmy Snuka and then got the crap beaten out of him in the ring when he used to dress as a Chippendale. And I watched ECW through that whole period where the biggest, the most famous thing that they showed, their big picture was him pile driving Beulah McGillicuddy and her panties were showing. That, that the great ECW, that that was the thing that they attached themselves to. He's useless. As far as wrestling goes, the guy's fucking useless. He's never been involved in anything that's worth fucking anything. And he's also emotional. I, don't know, I shouldn't say emotionally, but um, personality wise and I don't give a shit fucking physically a fucking slop. So the 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 award will now be called if you guys are OK with this will be called the Tommy Dreamer Useless Slob Award. OK, are we OK with that? Brandon. I'm, I, I think it's unanimous. We'll we'll call it the, the Tommy Dreamer. Okay. What was that? TD. I gotta U- write it down. I have a pen. The TDUS of the week. So we don't forget. Tommy ever. Dreamer useless slob award of the week goes to and Tommy. Goes Dreamer. to Tommy Our Dreamer. Inaugural. The inaugural, inaugural Tommy inaugural Dreamer useless slob. Of the week. <laughs> and he will never hear this podcast ever. I would assume. I don't give a shit um, if he does. But if he does. You can go fuck yourself, you disgusting fat pig. And if you have a problem, you can fight me, and come I will kick the shit out of come you. Come tell. You got a problem? Come tell. Come tell. <laughs> if you got a problem, yeah. I mean, the way he alluded to it, and no, and and I'm sorry, and it's classic and this, victim goes, blaming. That's the term. Yeah. Oh, 100. And let's go further. 
He was staunch in the way that he presented his belief on that. Now, I would assume that this was recorded last year. Right. Right. Let's just say last year, at least. And he said he knows what he said and he knew what was in that interview. And when it had aired and he got suspended by impact, he fucking apologized. Now, you had no problem with what you said for an entire fucking year. Until you got caught. Once again, Hulk Hogan syndrome. It's okay to be a racist. Just don't get caught saying racist shit. Right? He had no, he knew that that was going to air and he was okay with it. He didn't try to get out in front of it. He didn't do anything. He was okay with that for a year. And when it came out, he was all of a sudden fucking sorry. He's not sorry he said what he said. He's sorry he got fucking caught. This dude is a piece of shit who has brought nothing. I've been to his house of hardcore shows. Let me tell you something. They're fucking terrible. Yeah, they stink. They fucking suck. He sucks. Fuck him. He's a useless slob. And now he has the first inaugural Tommy Dreamer useless slob award. And all of a sudden, I don't feel as anxious as I did earlier on today. Well done. Well done. Bravo. I'm glad that you feel better. Good job, Chris. Uh, Brandon, did you catch that um, Jericho defended him and said that he would hire him back? Hire him? <laughs> he did? Yes. That's uh, the least surprising thing of all time. But God damn it, Jericho. Honorable it's all these mention. guys, dude. I didn't dude. know he said that. Honorable mention. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Brandon. Uh, I said this before, and I'll say it again. That The interesting part about this show is that they don't Try to they'll they'll tell you a story, but the people that speak reveal themselves as the interesting part of the episode. They don't point you towards that. You just hear every episode of you someone says something or multiple things, and I find myself going, "What the fuck? This guy is a, is a real animal. This is the dark side of the ring." They don't they'll tell a story about a person. You can then you re, you see the the cast of characters, and that's where the the meat and potatoes, uh, so to speak. Are here. What I thought was was really disappointing about this one is even at the age that these guys are, the lack of accountability for almost fucking anything. I think we had Scott Hall saying he thinks he got roofied or whatever they they refer to it as in the episode. Jim Ross at seventy years old probably got the closest to that, but still wouldn't. He didn't see any. He didn't actually out anyone for doing anything. Which I, I, I he didn't I don't think he was fucking blacked out the whole time even no it's it was very much under the guise of by the way none of us remember anything so Tommy Dreamer at you know at the top of the pack here at the beginning of this he like Jimmy mentioned fifty years old you get called to this and you probably know what happened a, a, it's you're basically going to like a a television version of like a court hearing. There was a crime. This is about crimes that have been committed. And he's like, at some, some point he's like, you know what I should mention that Ric Flair has a nice sized dick. I think people yeah, would like, enjoy that. You know, that's what he got out of this. He was like, let me tell you about the size at. of his cock. That's where his head's at. <laughs> and and he doesn't, <laughs> it's so bizarre. And also Tommy dreamer, like George Carlin said, there's a great big fucking club, and you're not in it, dude. You're not – you don't need to protect Ric Flair. You're working House of Hardcore and Impact shows. Whatever you think you're holding on to and being a good friend, they don't fucking care about you. None of those people fucking care about you, and you still at – I don't know what age he is now, probably 50-plus. That, that's still where his head is at, and it's just like, boy, man, this is a true pathetic cast of characters mentally, so – 
And uh, uh, Runnels, what's her name? Terry Runnels? She's just like, oh, that was just the way it was. This poor woman. <laughs> Shit she was put through and, to be in the business. Yeah, and I, like, and I, don't, I don't mean that that's, it's, that's not okay then, but it's very easy to say, hey, that was horrendous then. However, it, it did certainly happen more often. Who I am now, it's fucking pathetic, and I'm I'm embarrassed that I was a part of it. You didn't get one person said anything like anything like Rob that. Rob Van Dam, I got I got to give Rob lowest. Van Dam some credit. No, here. Rob Van Dam okay. came off pretty good. He was just like, yeah, man, it's fucked up. It was fucked up, <laughs> pretty much the whole time. Just but like, I don't think you ever heard anything about Rob Van Dam doing anything on that flight. They just got him, and he was there. Yeah, he's the weedman. And let me tell you something else about Rob Van Dam. He's no dope. If he had done any shit on that plane, he would have. They would have called them, and if he was like, you know, involved in any of that shit, he would have been like, "Sorry, bro, I can't do it." Right. I gotta go. T- I, gotta, I gotta go. I gotta go. Disgusting tongue kiss my wife on the ramp, and then watch you twerk. In the I fucking love it. Ramp. I fucking so love that. Good. I love that. Um, well, also, what was Vince doing all through all the sleeping? He was on the they plane. Never. They never. They never get to it. Well, they mention it, and they were like, "They mention it." Someone says like. The whole time, he, uh, Jim Ross is saying Vince is telling him to do stuff, and Jim Ross didn't do anything. So if I'm in that position, a Vince McMahon position, and I pay somebody else to deal with that kind of thing, if I have to deal with it because you're not, as soon as that plane lands, you're fired. Right. Yeah. Why am I paying you? Right. And that's most likely what was going on. Now, I'm fairly certain well, I, I shouldn't say that. I don't have any fucking clue that they were separated from all the poor oh, yeah, shit going on room. in the back. Yeah, it was, it was a separate, separate room. room. Yeah. yeah, so he didn't see it. He had um, to hear it, though. They, they, the way they fucking portrayed it, they were trying to they were slam it into the fucking wall. Yeah, so it's just it's just very, very odd. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm sure somebody op- popped the door open over the course of nine hours. They were sitting there on the tarmac. Of course. <laughs> But you then, don't think then Vince again, could have poked his head in there and be like, knock it the fuck <laughs> off or you're fired? Or how about this? You tell the person from the airline, you don't bring any more fucking booze on this plane. Hmm. You have them on the tarmac for seven hours and you let them drink the whole goddamn time. Right? And none of what happened to that woman or those people on the plane is their fault. Those people put the booze in their face. But, yo, you know, being a bartender, I get you drunk and you go out and crash your fucking car. You're going to try to fucking blame me. Now, it's very difficult to prove that kind of shit, but it is the law. Right. I I can't believe they didn't sleep. And when they finally slept, then Dustin Rhodes is singing fucking lullabies to his ex-wife. Like, what the fuck kind of stupid bullshit? These grown ass men. The only thing and this might be. I can almost believe Scott Hall. No, I don't. Be, hold on. Hold on. Being an expert in taking drugs, you know your fucking tolerances. And you know. Oh, you mean that he was roofied or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I not doesn't make him innocent. Oh, did we did. find out? Did did uh, did. Uh, one, two, X Pac get fired or anything because he cut fucking Michael Michael Hayes' hair? I, I don't think so, no. I'm just curious. They, it's not the important part of the story, but it was something that was left out there. Yeah. Brandon? 
Yeah, to Chris's point about Scott Hall, like, I don't need to talk about this shit, but one time some, I was at Mad River in Maniac, I was in college, and somebody gave me a roofie, and I immediately just, like, one beer and nosedived into the into full sleep at a, at a crowded bar. Um, if something had fucking happened that night that I didn't remember, it's it, immediately what I would say is I got fucking roofied, However, if I did that, someone else would know better than me. I then I did that. You don't yeah, go. Somebody, I don't know. Yeah. I don't like this. No, I think what pissed me off about the whole thing was this like no accountability bullshit. None, and it's yeah. like you don't go. I don't like if you did it, you fucking did it. I mean, I don't know if someone drugged you, then that's it's complicated. But it sounds like you fucking did it, man. Yeah, I mean, she's it's it's pretty it's pretty and, um, detailed. And uh, yeah, just to if, if you guys say whatever you want to say. But the women that did this, like, fucking awesome that they went on there and, and told their story and aired this stuff out. Yeah. Uh, it, need, it needed to happen. Um, I can tell you, we went to House of Hardcore like three years ago, and I, I watched ECW as a kid, and it was the first time seeing Tommy Dreamer live, and I was like, I'm going to go sit in the seats. I never saw him before. It'd be fun. And it was naive. Whatever. It's good to, you know, you try to think the best of somebody until they prove otherwise. It's like, hey, these guys are fucking losers. That is what it is. But. <laughs> Yeah, good for that. Hopefully they don't have to keep reliving this over and over again. Maybe this will be the last time for these women. How about the Chris Canyon episode? Any thoughts on this? Another, another fun one. <laughs> just a, just a, a, uh, a lesson fi- in mental illness? His filing cabinet full of dudes. It's a what? lesson in mental illness. Yeah. That was such Mentally a... ill. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. Um, I did not know. Brand, hold on. I did not know that he trained all those dudes, though. For? He trained oh, like Brian, Brian Cage. Cage he trained yeah, the I Young no Bucks. Idea. I had no idea. Go ahead. I have no idea. But to Brandon's point earlier, when you watch the show, you end up finding out through their own words and their own actions who the dickheads are and who the good people are. When we watched the Grizzly Smith episode, uh, after watching – you know, um, Jake Roberts, Sake Danake talk for an hour about this whole fucking situation. You start going, man, I, I, I don't find them as big a piece of shit as I did. You know what I mean? Like there's kind of extenuating circumstances that led him down the path of abuse and that kind of shit. And when you watch this one, you go, my God, fucking what's his name? What's his name? Father James fucking Hetfield. What's his name? James Hetfield. That- yeah, Father James Hetfield. FJM. I want to give him FJF. some. I want to give him. <laughs> I want to give him some credit. He seemed like he really fucking tried with this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he seemed like a he was a really a really good friend to this dude. And you know the guy was obviously dealing with some mental illness. John Cena going on on Howard Stern just burying fucking Chris Canyon, doing the doing the Vince bidding. Oh, one hundred percent. And then who else went? Probably what's the name? I probably borrowed money off of Vince like the week before. Who's the biggest piece of shit of this episode? I don't know. This is a kind of a iffy one. It's Flair. It's got to be Flair, right? Cena. I mean, it's a by a nose, but Cena's just coming up in his career. Flair's again yeah, even older than he was in the last one, where he was probably the biggest piece of shit at the day of the event. Yeah, and like, he what still does Flair have to gain? Calls after? in unprompted. I'll tell you it what, man. This guy. 
Cena's got some bad luck when it comes to having to being in a position to have to do things like, you know, I need you to do this thing. If you don't do this thing, you're probably your career is probably fucked. He's a company. But, you know, when you think about it, though, it's like, what else were you going to be back then? Were you not going to be a company man? If you didn't want to, if you wanted to wrestle, that's where he had to, he had to be a company man. Mm -hmm. Right. Brandon's a company man. Yeah, he is. Brandon would go on Howard Stern, dog shit his coworkers to protect the comp. Never. (laughs) The comp. The comp. (laughs) Because then we had the John Cena issue with the whole apology, which I'm sure he was going to, the uh, apologizing for recognizing Taiwan as a state as a, as a country. Oh right, 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 right. Right? Yeah. Yo, you don't think? I think that's Universal. You don't think Universal is like, yo, if they don't air this movie in the, in, in China, you're getting sued. Yep. And he's, what are you gonna do? I, you know what I mean? I gotta give them back. I'm gonna have to figure out all the money that they were gonna lose in China to probably get held accountable for that shit. So guess what? I'm going back on a fucking road. He doesn't want to do that. He wants to further his career. Sometimes you gotta. Guy was in the Marine Corps. Kind of shit. More Marine. Hey, why did they let? Why did they let John Cena go on Howard Stern? Because he was the face of the company at the time. Well, do, they Howard also Stern? had. Like, like, they also had a lot. They were having a lot of wrestlers on back then. Yeah. Howard Stern was. That was when he was on Sirius. So it's like a big deal, and, and a TV oh, show still too. He's still on serious, but he's having a yeah. He's got the uh, he had that E show. Yeah, yeah, John I Cena I, I, for America. I don't know. I just thought, I, yeah, because if you go in Howard Stern, you're like you got to keep it real. That's the thing, right? So that's John Cena trying to trying to keep it real, but it's like you don't you didn't have a formulated opinion on this. I, I would think, and you got so you're trying to be honest, but you're just fucking standing up for Vince, and then you got this this shitty quote that. I, it seemed like in the context of the documentary, it was more just John Cena being lame than it affected Chris Canyon, where as when Flair called in unprompted, it's got to say, you're not good enough. Your time's passed. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Why would you insert yourself into this situation? Right, you're not. No, no one like, asked him to do Terry, that. Terry Bollea texted you like, yo, bubble love sponge. Just just <laughs> let me know. Canyon's on Stern saying <laughs> Well, hold on, though. Like, think about it this way, though. Like, John Cena actually did. Bubba he told the, the truth. Sponge. Yeah, Bubba the Love Sponge. He did tell the truth. He said that semen. Semen. I, keep saying, I, I hear Canyon. Canyon I semen. Semen. The semen Canyon. Yeah, Chris Canyon semen said that he was fired for being homosexual. And he he claimed. Cena claimed that he didn't come out until after that. But now I'm thinking, just because he didn't come out doesn't mean that everybody didn't know. Right? Right. Didn't. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Fuck them all. Fuck, you know what? Fuck, fuck wrestling. Brandon, Brandon. Go what ahead. a bunch of pieces Brandon. of shit. Yeah, I agree. Brandon, your thought, what were you going to say? You just made me think of the Taker thing. He he might have been in, in there with Flair. They had him come out, George and Taker's busting him over the head with a chair. That <laughs> makes no sense. I think I remember that. I don't know. That made no sense. They bring him out and they beat the fucking piss out of him on television. Uh, so they, that was kind of what Jericho was saying, right? Was he was like, it doesn't, it wouldn't make any sense to to do that if if you didn't know that he was gay because he hadn't done anything for the company. And years, if if at all, at that point, I forget what, uh, what time period it was, but all of a sudden they just bring him out in a big 
wooden box and have him do a boy like George. A, yeah, boy George with a speech impediment, and then the under the Kid Rock Undertaker beats his ass. Like, Kid what? Rock Undertaker also. <laughs> Also, MMA taker. Also, uh, <laughs> what year was this? Yeah, 2004. And it was like 2004. Like it and the like reference. That's what I was, was gonna say. I was Boy gonna George? bring that up. Yeah, Bro- Boy like, George reference fuck? in 2004. Does anybody even know the story at that point? Does do they know Boy George? Do they know Culture Club? In 2004, does anybody I, give I a shit? I mean, listen, I know Culture Do you think the bow with the bow of dang-a-dang fucking people know what Culture Club is? No, they don't fucking know. No. They're like, man, I never heard of that, but Stained. Stained is the best band in America. That's exactly where I was at. (laughs) (laughs) I think I had that Stained. Didn't I have a Stained? What was the album I had that used to make fun of? It was Stained, wasn't it? I don't know. I'm on the outside. I'm looking. It's been a while. It's been a while. (laughs) That's that Stained. That's I saw Stained Live. Aaron Lewis? Is that yeah, that's his name. I saw Stained yep. Live. Limp Biscuit was on the show. Most Def. No, not Most Def. Most Def. No, no. Um Yo. Not Most Def. Most Def rules. Family values? It was. It was at the it was at the old uh, first union or whatever the fuck it was called. Course Family Values Tour? I'm trying to think of the hip hop group. Corn? Wasn't Most Def. The Alcoholics. Little was Primus? It? No Primus. Primus is playing Friday at, uh, at the Met. Uh, okay. You want to move on? No, I want to talk about Primus a little bit more. Go ahead, Brandon. Brandon, Brandon you have a point. Brandon, go ahead. I, I just wanted to, to, in closing for me at least, you guys to say whatever you want afterwards, but I, there was about five seconds where I was thinking about this where I felt conflicted, and I was like, God damn, like I don't want to do – I'm a wrestling guy. I don't want to – there's some like inherent compulsion at least for a few seconds where I was like – I don't want all these guys to be awful, but they are. So I don't, it's not my job to mistell anything. This should be how these guys are talked about going forward. Yeah. The uh, X, Y, Z guy that's up here in these things, they fucking stink. They fucking suck. That's it. That's What's the what, award. That's what I have new information. I already forgot what the award is called. Tommy dreamer. Useless slob. Useless slob award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go, well, yeah, John Cena. I mean, he's exciting when he comes out. I mean, I just say, hey, well, John Cena, you're 40 something years old. Why don't you say, say so sorry? Yeah. Why don't you say, he can't do that because Vince won't bring him back. <laughs> so believable. All right, let's I move on. I spent my whole next... life talking about what a piece of shit I used to be. This is, you know, it's not fair. All right, next. <laughs> right. Next episode, FMW. Onita's FMW. Stoked? Nobody's a piece of shit in that episode. Oh boy, yeah, we're they're gonna find out. Imagine the pieces of shit in '90s wrestling. Imagine what the deathmatch wrestlers were like. <laughs> Mike oh Awesome God. was one of them. Like they, we're gonna get some serious pieces of shit in this episode. Speaking of deathmatch wrestling, I sent sent you guys this image. One thing I did do over the the past week was I went to the Quakerstown Farmer Market. Yes, go ahead. And, and uh. So, I, they are now the home of the 3WA, the WWWA, which I looked up online is, as far as Wikipedia is concerned, is a defunct wrestling organization formerly known as NWA Ohio. And it's, there's a lawsuit going on over the name. It used to be in the Zerns Farmer Market, okay. which I believe that Zern's you guys have, have have been to, which is closed. Yeah, yes. it's, it's, it's now okay. closed its doors. 
after the influx of cash coming in there. <laughs> but, but um, Zerns? Chris, you've never been to Zerns? No. I have. Okay, well, I, I love the meat place. Yeah, you people know better. The giant. Well, it's closed now. They had a giant meat market that was just dirty. They're just selling meat. Cool. So yes, exactly. So right next to right next to Widener's Deli, the meat market that you probably are referring to, they've they've got a little uh, farmers market room similar to where we watched the the uh, fruit market FMW show that Excellent. is now the home of the three WA and the, the poster on the wall. The main event is woo woo woo. Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zach Ryder, is appearing in Quakertown, PA. So wait, I think this uh, already I happened. Somehow. Yeah, it happened Saturday that yeah. day that I sent it to you. But somehow, um, I know some it made it into our universe that he had beaten Nick Gage, and we talked about, hey, it worked. He got a lot of heat. Blah blah blah. blah. He might spark his career. Apparently not, because he's he's driving all the way up 476 to the Quakerstown exit and wrestling in the in the next to Poppy's Peanuts and the, the Widener's <laughs> Deli. <laughs> so I just wanted to mention that uh, another dark side of the ring here. But, Against know. the extreme champion, the 3WA extreme champion, Merrick Miami, and more. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to go, but it was like $35. That's yeah, too like expensive. That's yeah. the big problem I'm having with this FMWE show at, in Trenton is even the nosebleeds are expensive. I think the cheapest seat is 15 bucks, but do I want to pay 15 bucks to not be right on top of the explosions? <laughs> I want to be right on top of them. I want to lose exactly. eyebr- my eyebrows in the explosion. That's how close I want to be. <laughs> I want to come out looking like Uncle Fester afterwards. <laughs> this is always Can you right? imagine... All three of us driving home, like, eyebrowless, stinking like like pork rinds, smelling like pork rinds, laughing at one another, pointing and laughing the whole time. I've got like a, I've got like a blister going. (laughs) This might be, yeah, the front of our faces is all red from the flash. This might be a weekend of decision. I think this might be a day of decision. Yeah, because I, 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 I've got the the Halloween party at the bar. And that day? No, no, that's the thirtieth. And the thirty first. Yeah, yeah, is Saturday. So is mine. Yeah. But the thirty first is like a drag, sh- a Halloween drag show at at the Met. I kind of want to take my wife with me, but I don't want to sit through the whole f- whole death match show. We tried doing the hot last year. We did the Halloween show in Camden, New Jersey, <laughs> the Lucha Libre one. That was no. really, it was really fucking cold though. That got it was, rained out, or was, no? It was, it was just freezing raining. cold. It was so windy. Okay. It, was, it was on a a soccer field like in a in like a um hispanic neighborhood so they they served amazing food latinx yeah so it was just like it was amazing it was pretty cool but it was freezing cold we had to leave i didn't even get to see psycho clown no you just you just got you got just got to see the other 600 clowns that wrestled (laughs) no 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 well there was just clowns and i was the only clown in the audience they um they like kept putting the same dudes on over and over again. So I'm assuming that they were having a hard time getting oh, the show boy. going or something. Maybe they were waiting on someone to wake up. I don't know. I don't know. Pretty interesting. I'm cracking the fuck up. It's just like us exploding on like the ringside tickets and just like all of us just standing there like both of your glasses completely like like smoke dust has accumulated in front of them. Black. My eyebrows have been burned off. You're just like. Oh my God! It's just amazing. the best. All right, let's talk about what everybody wants to talk about. Let's talk about 
AEW's New York shows. AEW did a big show in Arthur Ashe Stadium. Sold out instantaneously. The Melts said he was going to easily beat Raw in the ratings. It didn't. So let's start this off. I've got the card, match card up. We'll go through it. We'll talk about it like it's a fucking pay-per-view. How's that? So we start off. Dynamite starts off. We get Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. Hot opener starts off the show. Brandon, go ahead. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I, we can go through it like it's a pay-per-view, but I actually was like, you know, it's a, it was chaos for the most part during these things. I enjoyed the show, but I, half of the matches I didn't have a ton to say about. I think the That's the big fine. thing I took away the big thing I took away from this was, holy shit, man! I went to this two years ago with the Lyakura Center that sat ten thousand people and it was half empty. I didn't fucking realize how big Arthur Ashe Stadium was until you saw it, right? And it's 20-plus thousand people, and it seemed relatively packed. Uh, what glimpses you got at the top level seemed pretty full. And they opened it up uh, with one of the you know best work. I don't know if I would go match of the year with something like this, but it's one of the best work matches of the year. We get to see Brian Danielson against Kenny Omega. Super hard hitting. Uh, as soon as they, this started, I love the um, – the ramp leading right to the ring. I thought that was sweet change. Uh, and they used it during the match. Uh, well, probably one of the most interesting spots of the match was Kenny Omega V-triggering Brian Danielson into that rope where, like, when I, I watched him for a couple years at WWE, and every time he would get his head hit, I'm like, oh, no. And then his first match just gets blasted in, into the ropes. Uh, but without going through the details of the match, you, you get your uh, time limit draw, which I think makes sense here. I hope that they save this rivalry for like few and far between huge match spots. As much as you want to shit on Kenny Omega, he can work very, very well. Uh, I, I don't think it did anything to harm Brian Danielson for not beating him right away. I heard someone saying like, well, how about the fact that Christian Cage beat him, Kenny Omega in 20 minutes and he couldn't get it 30 minutes. It's like, okay, well, you know, that's you don't need to do that kind of math. It's, he's been off for five months. He was he was rallying up at the end as they called the time limit draw and they uh, they fought through it. I thought this was an awesome way to start the show. You guys have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I um, this was a very good match. I enjoyed it a lot. It's good to see Brian Danielson let loose a little bit. Um, Chris, you got thoughts? No, I, I you know we talked about it before. I'm a big fan of them starting starting the show off hot. Get, gets eyes on them. Uh, people are, are now automatically, you know, this isn't something that you're, this is something that you plan to get somebody to do, you know, to get used to the show being, get accustomed to the show starting off hot. So they turn in every Wednesday night at eight, they tune in every Wednesday night at eight. Right. So now you have eyes on the product from the beginning. Cause normally if this was a, if this was, you know, any normal wrestling show, and if I didn't want to watch it, I would just wait until just about, you know, what, like 10, 10, what, uh, 9.30, and then I would tune in, and I would watch the main event. So it gets eyes on your product, and I never turn it off. When I turn on AEW, I leave it on. Yeah, same here. Uh, two reasons. Number one, you never know what the next net match is going to be. And number two, any fucking dick else on television that I want to fucking watch, yeah, so I might as well just leave this show on. Um, awesome. I really enjoyed the match. I really loved the ending. I kind of, it, it's... As soon as they mentioned what time, how much time was left in the match, I was like, eh, it's time on the draw. Yeah, they don't usually. Um, they don't usually mention that. So, you know, if you're going to use that, um, I've been a big proponent of them 
of wrestling in general uh, bringing that back because that disappeared years ago. Now, listen, uh, listen, hold on, hold on. Let me cut you off. It exists everywhere else, just not on the main stage, not on WWE. Yes. Yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah, else yeah. it exists. I was trying to say that without yeah, mentioning WWE. But, um, you know, it adds dimension to storytelling, uh, especially if you're going to have feuds and, and storylines that are going to go over uh, a number of months. Um, yeah, I mean, this was really good. Uh, you're getting to see Daniel uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel Bryanson, the, uh, you know, a heavy hitter again. Um, you know, there was a period in WWE where he was just kind of looked like, and, uh, you know, I, his character looked, just seemed like they were just happy to be there. And I hate that shit. Uh, you know, I think you, characters, even baby faces, everybody needs a little bit of an edge to them. Um, so, yeah, this was this was exciting. Um, and, uh, you know, the other thing is, too, when you you have a two hour television program, if you save all this stuff till the end, your audience is I mean, even, you know, if you're live, you probably have an hour before that the show starts. So now you're looking at three hours, no matter what the final match is, it's people get tired. And it's good to get your hot matches, get them on first. And this was really good. I really enjoyed this. Yeah. Um, would I put it in match of the year? No. It was. No, neither would I. No. I mean, it's not the best AEW match of the year. I think we'll agree that the tag match for the last pay-per-view was the best match of AEW match of the year. Yeah. Was it very good? Yes. It was an excellent opener. It's good to see uh, Brian Danielson back. And uh, can't wait to see him go against some of these crumb bums in AEW. Some of their heels. It should be fun. Um, we get a MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. Match I, did not, I did not give a shit about because I don't give a shit about Brian Pillman Jr. Um, but uh, MJF's pretty damn good. Brandon, thoughts? Is he? Yeah, I mean they 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 need him to rattle off some like singles wins because he's been in this bullshit Jericho storyline for four months. So it's it's hard to even determine what he is as a wrestler at this point. He kind of got. VIP access to the top of the line here when this started based off of his promo work. You see him rest a little bit here and there. Pillman, you know, comes out hot. I'm not against Brian Pillman, but um, it's a fairly quick match. You, you get through it. MJF is, like I said, he's, he's going to probably beat some of these mid-card guys and, you know, feel out what's coming next for him. Yeah, he, um, MJF's fine. Everybody loves his promos. Um, Brian Pillman just seems... He's just seems to be missing something. Yeah, he's just like a flat ass baby face right now. You know what I mean? Well, they got him doing the fucking thing where he's like, uh, imitating his dad's tag team. Right. So that version of him himself doesn't work. Right. So you just kind of like you know it's evolving out of that. You're kind of watching to see what it's going to be. Right. Chris. Yeah, I'm. I don't care about this. I didn't care about this. I thought that this went on too far. This was something that should have been done and over with in one show. Um, It's going to keep going, I think. Yeah, it's going to keep going. Um, I am not, I don't want to say I don't like, and I don't want to say I don't care about Brian Pillman Jr. I like Brian Pillman Jr. with the other guy in the Varsity Blondes as something entertaining as filler. Right, he's the, they're entertaining for babyface tag team. They add they add dimension to the to the tag team division. And you know, after a punk, um, or yeah, let's just say punk and fucking Kenny Omega, whoever, like somebody, two of the big guys on the on the on the roster, open the show. And then you know, I don't want to change the channel afterwards because when I start to go looking through a book or looking at my phone, something that's worth watching is on the television. Entertaining filler, not complete boredom. Right. 
And that's one thing I think they do a really good job of with this show is there's not a lot of backstage shit. Right. It's just it's matches and matches and matches and matches. Just Mark it, Henry. Know, just Mark Henry going. Yeah. Are you, this, you are this person. Oh, are you I'm very glad you upset? said that because you reminded me of something. And I want to say it, but I, it's for the next show. So okay. thank you. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. You're 100 percent right, Chris. Like they. This is action the whole time. The one thing I did want to mention that's unique about where they're at right now that I'm trying to feel through is they have their top guys and they have the big names that they've signed. But I don't know if there's a ton of equity built up, at least with me and the the bottom 90 percent of this roster. Like in that last match that we talked about, um, the Young Bucks come in for Omega because Daniel Bryan's or fucking Brian Daniels is so beating on him. And then Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy come in, and that's like their our trios thing that we're working towards. And to me, that tag team still feels very like early AEW, like innocent. And for someone like Brian Danielson, the, the American Dragon, who we haven't seen since Ring of Honor, I'm just like, I don't know that these guys are really, at least to me, slotting into the fucking role of two, two and three behind him. Right. Also, the. The Brian Danielson that we're getting now is not going to be the Brian Danielson we're going to have in six months. He's a good Fair, enough performer yeah. that he's going to create his own character. CM Punk's going to create his own character. He's not going to be... These guys are good enough. You know what I mean? They're not just going to keep riding the wave of dub, former WWE shit. You know what I mean? We'll we'll see a different version eventually. But for now, yeah. we, we got to deal with people still doing Yes Chance. They'll stop doing it eventually. You know what I mean? Not me. I'll be there October 6th. Like this. I'm going to be yes chance. My cock is going to be so fucking hard from seeing Brian Danielson. I'm just going to be doing ass thrusts in the air. My boner is going to be my yes pointer. Yeah. One, two, three, right up the middle. <laughs> all dicks all the time. Yes, yes, yes. You, should, you know what you should do? Because it is close to Halloween. Why don't you wear a Ric Flair robe and go in there and pour <laughs> your cock around? No, that's disgusting. I'll have clothes okay, on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, uh, how about this? This is actually my match of the week. Malachi Black against Cody Rhodes. Chris, thoughts? More importantly, Art Anderson <laughs> off the ring. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, you know, I'm glad you said that because, once again, I, I've been watching it when it airs. So by the time we get to the podcast, it's like, oh, my God, I totally forgot about this shit. Um... Now, when he – so he goes from one – the hard cam side of the ring to the right – what would be on your television, the right side of the ring, and he goes around the ring post. That he, in he itself – He's setting up to get knocked off the ring. Right. Which happens after he actually falls down. The so, <laughs> but the announcers recognize that he fell. They do. They do. Arn fell. Well, they don't try to treat us like we're idiots. That's why. It's on TV. There's I mean, look, 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 Him, I, he's not a young man. But he was trying to transition from one side of the ring to the other around that post, but like a man that was far older than what he is. Yes. He looked like <laughs> a human being, like, he looked like an alien had been beamed into a human being's body and didn't really know how to work it. He looked like, you know what he looked like? Those videos you see of accidents when like someone's walking from a boat to a dock and then they fall into the water. That's what he looked like. 
He's like, but it's, <laughs> it's like, but it's slow motion. Yes. <laughs> like he couldn't even. Oh, it was so bad. It was so funny. I loved it. It was the greatest. Yes. It was the only thing good about that match. Well, oh, and Cody Rhodes. Lost. Cody Rhodes lost. <laughs> that was important. Brandon thoughts. And kind of got booed. He did get booed. Lots. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it live, so. I saw you guys texting about the Arn Anderson flop, and it was like um, trying to think of a good comparison. It's like if the Jake the Snake bump was uh, Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction, this was like the the second album. You're like you're so excited that there's another one, but you're like, oh, this isn't like the first time here. And Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, no, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> He's got nothing on on that Jake the Snake bump. No, Jake the Snake bumps is history. That's fucking legendary. <laughs> oh, by the way, Jake the Snake not feeling so great. Jake, if you're listening, if you're listening and you died, let me know. Next up, Sting and Darby Allen versus FTR. FTR in NWO gear. Just admit, okay. Go ahead, Chris. I'll let you start. (laughs) uh, Weekly, uh, in my opinion, still my favorite part of the show, or when Sting and okay, uh, good, and um, Darby Allen come out, even though Darby Allen's a shithead. Artist, not the art, right? No, art, not the artist. There we go. Um, but yeah, uh, I enjoyed this match. I think they're still making Sting look fucking fantastic. Um, and hopefully they're smart enough to keep this going on to where he never takes a pin. Um, and uh, yeah, Tully took a beating. I'm look, I FTR is good. They're 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 a great tag team. I'm not a huge fan of tag team wrestling, so. Um, the fact that Sting's involved in this, and I just like this, this like re reinvigoration of Stingness, kind of, you know, I like it. But I, I, if I have to listen to him talk about how fucking FTR, FTR are so great at being a tag team, but are not the tag team champions, right? But they're so great, but they can't win a title. It, it, it I, I'm just like, move off of this. We all know if you watched wrestling, if you're a wrestling fan. There, I am willing to bet that not one person that watches AEW, unless if they're over um, 18, probably younger than that, but this is not the first time they've watched wrestling. They can watch FTR, and they know that FTR is a good tag team because they keep a guy in the corner. You don't have to tell us this all the time. And they've been saying it about FTR since these two guys showed up in AEW or uh, NXT. Mm. And I'm just sick of hearing it. Just get away from it. Brandon? But it was a good match. I enjoyed watching it. I always enjoyed watching these guys. Yeah, yeah. I thought this match was perfect. They had a ton of fun. This is when I was like, oh, fuck, this is like a pay-per-view happening on TV here. They got Sting bouncing around. The place is going insane. Like, to Chris's point, FTR, A-plus tag team. Don't have a bad word to say about them, but it's a fucking tag team, and they should lose to... Sting doing the goddamn stinger splash ten times out of ten. Absolutely. The, the ceiling, the ceiling is only so high on FTR, and they found it. So that's what that's what should have happened. That's what should happen. They got to get creative here, though, because uh, Sting and Darby Allen should probably not have like a wild ass match with Lucha Bros. I don't know that I I want to see Sting like getting fucking blasted by ray phoenix which is like where they're building to with this tag team being undefeated so i hope they do something besides that but i don't think they're gonna do that i don't think i see sting with a title no and i don't think they should no. i don't think he should have a title no it should be all about darby I, allen with sting on the side 
Yeah. Until we Sting's... eventually build to Sting versus Darby Allen, which will happen probably next year or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then Sting will be backyard background guy. Yeah. After that, mm-hmm. yeah, that'll be it. I will say this, uh, and this is nitpicky, but I did have a moment of what the fuck. I hate this shit, and I had to explain to my wife what I was talking about because she watches me. She, I'll be watching wrestle, and she's in the room. She'll watch a little bit and go do something else, and I get mad at it. You know, like I get like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's like, it's it almost sounds to the to the untrained ear, it sounds like you're yelling. I'm yelling at an Eagles game. Where it's real guys performing a real sport, and really, it's just like there was a there was a um, there was a, a spot where FTR number two bald guy uh, Stinger misses, goes for the Stinger splash, but sees that there's a chair in the corner and stops, moves out of the way. Bald guy goes headfirst into the chair. When bald guy goes headfirst into the chair, match fucking over. Hmm. My and it's the big gripe and it's uh what's his name's um America Top Team guys big gripe AW <laughs> and he says it on the show Dan Lambert he says it on the show you got guys doing fucking gigantic flips from the top of steel cages and dudes don't lose you know I I just I, I just inconsistency and that kind of stuff I think you should have more impact to these things. You know, well, that's but, a good call. Out. You know, I, 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 you could have, you could have had that whole thing take place the same way. Other than when Sting moves out of the way, bald FTR guy sees the chair because he fucking put it there. He stops, turns around, then gets caught, hmm. and there's your finish. It was a fine match, whatever. That's just one man's <laughs> fuck, fucking uh, corporate. Brandon just slipped in there for a second. Yeah, it's a great call out, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I say that shit all day. <laughs> I don't know. I'm fucking around. All right, next up, the main event, Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho for the AEW Women's Championship. Go ahead, Brandon. Why did Britt Baker have to cheat here? I don't know. Like, I don't think I don't think Ruby Soho has like this equity built up. It's not like they took the. It's not like it's uh, Becky Lynch showing up. Or something where it's like, wow, this is powerhouse versus powerhouse. Um, you, you probably could just had her lose clean here. There's also they've also put a lot of, I wouldn't say a lot, but they've also put work in with some of the other girls that are starting to look interesting that I would like to see them wrestle. You don't need to to keep Ruby so Ruby Soho at the top here for uh, so long. But other than that, it was a good match. I didn't need Reba and Jamie Hader involved at all, though. I think we're gonna build to some six man, some more six man action. Oh great, dude! Yeah. Riho's in Japan, so she was she's wrestling in the TJPW big show that's coming up in October. Uh, Chris, thoughts? I, I agree with Brandon. I, yeah. You know, I just you know I I would have liked. I don't know necessarily a I clean mean, I like, I win. That, I like that Soho didn't take the clean loss. Right. You know what I mean? That Britt Baker had to be a jerk and cheat to win. I just was, enough. She cheated just enough. But here's the thing. So does so did. Let's go through the card over the next. Over the, let's go through the the last month of every AEW. Would a ninety percent of the of the heels have to win to outside interference? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just like their like that's their thing there. Yeah, you can do it to a point, and then after a certain uh, 
threshold, it feels like you wasted your time for watching it because they didn't advance anything by doing it. And when you think about this event, when you think about what they did for the first 35 minutes, if your opener is awesome and you're having your big show, Chris, you, you work plenty of concerts, your closer better be as fucking good, if not better. They had an opportunity to do something like that, and they kind of fizzled it out there at the end. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't like the ending, especially for a main event, but I mean, I know why they did it. <laughs> also, I think if you were watching this live, this is right in the middle of the show. If you were at the show, because I think Rampage gets recorded afterwards. Oh, true. Yeah, Does I didn't it? think yeah. about that. Yeah. So, so they did that makes four more sense. hours of fucking wrestling. Yeah, when we, get, when we go, we're doing four hours of wrestling. No, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I understand that. But what I'm saying is, is they recorded Rampage right oh, after. Oh yeah, we'll have Rampage four. They have hours. five. Yeah, they'll have five. <gasps> Should we do all five? I don't know. <laughs> no, Rampage was an extra hour this week. Yeah, so we'll get four because I think we get dark matches or something like that. Mm-hmm. AW dark. Yeah. All right, let's not, move on to Rampage. Same as going to a wall. Yeah. Let's move on to Rampage. CM Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Perfectly good match. Uh, CM Punk almost killed uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and also got busted <laughs> it open. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, it's getting late. Yeah, it <laughs> Brandon, is. good. No, we can move on. Eh? If it's getting late, it's this is, I mean, that, what was the big thing from the CM Punk's wrestling in his trunks now? Yeah, he's got, he's got his legs sure. out. Can, can, I, can I just say one thing? Yes. Um, and this is what I had you reminded me of when you were talking about Dynamite. Uh, this was some of the shittiest announcing I've ever fucking heard in a wrestling show. Is it because and of Ricky Stark? I and no, no, they were just like, what? I don't. What happened? That's what it sounded like. And let me tell you something. I know, and you know this, Jim, because we both announced backyard wrestling in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> It was some of the shittiest commentary. I, it was almost like they were trying to not go too heavy on the on the he's a member of Team Taz thing. Yeah. But they had two members of Team Taz on commentary. Yeah, well, Taz, Taz was saying, like, oh, I'm just trying to be fair. Right. And I understand that it's fine. But, look, they just didn't do a good job of it. It was like it was like either, you know, it, it wasn't that they were. Oh, I'm trying to be fair, and it just sounded dumb. No, they literally were like, "I don't know who, who have no." Who, who, did you catch? That? Hold on, did you catch when Taz was saying like he's working on the leg, he's gonna try to take out the leg, and then Ricky Starks goes, "Come on, man, he's got two legs." <laughs> and, and Taz goes, "Yeah, you're always, right, you're right, you're right." Oh, it's Ricky so Starks good. only says like two words, <laughs> and they're Come always on, man, really he's good. Got, he's only he's got two legs. <laughs> I love that. that yeah, he's great. someone who's like doing something with this opportunity and and you know, keeping his word count short, like Chris said, just hammering him. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, Man of the Year versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. More importantly, let's talk more about how great um, Dan Lambert is. Because <laughs> this match fucking sucked, but it's Dan terrible. Lambert's great. It's terrible. This is terrible. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you compare really it to was. everything else, this was the the big poop of the uh, week, I think. Yeah. yeah. Brandon. Brandon, Chris, whoever. Go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, I was I I will say because I didn't watch this live and I saw the clip of this first. 
for people that aren't wrestling fans, this would be something that would make them check it out because you're just like, what the fuck is going on? There's all these other people in the ring. Jorge Ma- like I, you don't care about Jorge Mazel Jim, but Jorge Mazel has become very famous, and he's he's doing his famous move on Jericho. This is like whether you, I think Chris said earlier, it's mostly crap with some good stuff around it. This is where even if it's crap, you're still like. I feel like I gotta watch this show. There's so much crazy right. shit happening every right. 15 minutes. The, um, yeah. So Jericho gets kneed in the face and died. So Jericho's dead, right? We don't have to watch him anymore. So do you? Let me ask you this. I'm sure you don't. Do you get what happened? I have no idea what's going on. Okay. I right. I was so in into my phone during this. I didn't give a flying fuck what was going so, on. So <laughs> a few years ago, uh, Jorge Masvidal fought Ben Askren. Which guy's that? Is, Who's ben Jorge, Ask, who's Jorge Masvidal. Which one's so Jorge, in the ring? Jorge Masvidal was the guy in the leopard print gear. I and believe it was Ben Askren. Is he in the ring? Ben, well, let me finish. Ben Askren was an MMA fighter who was basically a wrestler who was fighting Masvidal years ago. Was he in and the ring? Ta- no, he wasn't. And he was talking a ton of shit. And when the fight started, ding, 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 Masvidal ran up, kneed him in the face, and knocked him out immediately. Okay. It was the fastest knockout in UFC history. Five seconds. Five okay. seconds. Okay. That's what Masvidal is now synonymous with. Kneeing people and in the face. Kneeing, that needed a face. Okay. And he need Jericho. Now, if you remember, we were going through <laughs> Meltzer's list, I believe, at the beginning of the fucking year. Oh, that's of right. the most marketable people. And you were saying, who, George, who the, Masvidal? Who the fuck is this guy? We had to explain it to you. I don't remember that. Well, part. yeah. So this happened, and now now it's full circle. Now he's actually physically in AEW. Oh. Um, somebody, a friend of mine asked me. He says, you know, Dan, he said Dan Lambert's awesome. It's a shame that they stuck him with Scorpio Sky and and um and Ethan Page. And I may have said this last week or two weeks ago, and I said, well. You know, you're trying to get a rub off of this dude because you have Scorpio Sky, who nobody ever, nobody cares about, and nobody you have gives a shit about. Nobody gives a shit about, and you have Ethan Page, whose guy's been around forever and just isn't fucking over at all. Nobody cares about him. He's eight million fucking characters, crazy person who had multiple personalities, like you know, career they impact guy. They fucking stink. They stink. They stink. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> They've passed the fucking Scorpio Sky around to like five different fucking people since they started AEW. Nobody gives a shit. Remember, he won the brass ring and then nobody cared about him the next day. Mm-hmm. Like they've been trying to get this guy over. And <laughs> I forgot he won the brass it, ring. He was yeah, the future of the company. The brass yeah, well, ring. you know, and then they went out and they hired dudes who could actually work. Nobody gives a shit about this guy. And they're putting Dan Lambert to give him some kind of like managerial rub. And it's a shame because Dan Lambert would be uh, in a great position, wouldn't need all these MMA fighters, the American top team guys to come in and beat up Jericho. If you just kind of had him with somebody who was good, you know, Jake I don't Hager. know. They should have had him with Jake Hager. Jake Hager's not good. No, he stinks, but he's a, he's a legit MMA guy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in Bellator. He's he's, right. he's legit. It would make more sense for him to be there because it makes it's made no sense anything he's doing since he joined AEW. Yeah, he's tired. Ter- yeah, he's he's really. And then I, I mean, I know because you you blur that line of realism, and then to have this guy come out who's a B. I mean, look, you know, he's a pro MMA fighter. He's a big bad motherfucker. 
but have him mean mugging guys who were fucking Hall of Famers. And it's just like, it's just like, to me, it's Hall it's, of Famers where? Uh, UFC Hall of Famers. Oh, okay. And it's just like. I thought you were saying Scorpion yeah. Sky was a Hall of Famer. No, Scorpion Sky just fights Spider Man. Is his name Scorpion or Scorpio? <laughs> yeah. Scor- it's Scorpion now, Jim. Brandon, Brandon, God. Yeah, I think that's where they. Guy. I think that's where they were going with this, since uh, Hager beat Wardlow in that MMA fight. That now he's a, a ten out of ten MMA fighter. So they bring these these guys out. Uh, it, it didn't stop Dan Lambert at all, though. As much junk is around him to the point where I I still want to call Scorpion Sky Too Cold Scorpio like half the time on the, on this Scorpion podcast. And uh, Ethan Page is like that guy that. He, He's like the opener at the concert that brings ten people that from they used to see him at the bar and then they main event comes on they're not interested. He's like he's got like his ten fans that are diehard fans, but the rest of the people don't give a fuck about him at all he and was, they're annoyed that. Go ahead. He was one of the reasons why somebody yelled at me on Instagram. Right. He he's is a great wrestler. Scorpion's you guy. Are stupid. No, Ethan Page. Oh, Ethan Page. Yeah, great. He's great. He's really great. entertaining. He's awesome. And then uh, Chris Jericho goes down. Like, Chris Jericho goes down like Ashley Babbitt at the Capitol, dude. KO dead. <laughs> Who? <laughs> what is this? January sixth. Never. You don't know. Ab- you don't know Babbitt. No. She 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 was the uh the, the single death at the January sixth Capitol riot. She's the one who got shot by the cop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I put together the cap, but I didn't know that there was a name for Ashley Babbitt. R.I.P. Bitch. Yeah. Bitch. All right, let's move on. <laughs> this is getting bad. Uh, if I can wedge an Ashley Babbitt in there, I got to do it. So let's do it every week. Let's get an Ashley Babbitt in here every week. Get an Ashley Babbitt award. Uh, I'm gonna skip this tag match because this tag match fucking blew. What um, was that? And how about Anna J versus Penelope Ford? Um. Here we go. Lights out match. Suzuki Goon versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. This was pretty entertaining. Go ahead, Brandon. I'll let you start. Yeah, this was entertaining, and and especially in the sense that they saved this to be very impromptu because you know it's they're three hours and forty five minutes in, and if you're there, I'm imagining they cut to the big screen and they do these promos back and forth. Lance, Lance Archer kind of bombs it off the bat where he's like. I'm going to put my, my big boot in your fat butt in the big apple to, to John Moxley. He says something like that, <laughs> something real shitty like that. <laughs> and then uh, Minoru Suzuki just starts speaking Japanese until he gets cut off by Eddie Kingston, who, who's got like he's trying to rip his clothes off, but he's got he's got the, the singlet on and the, the one strap is, is hanging off and he's complaining about it. It's like just like I, immediately – very entertaining. What's yeah, going it was like, on? What's it was like a on? bad bar fight yeah. about to go down, you know? Like, you say that to me. Speak English, motherfucker. I'll take my shirt. And the shirt's very hard to get off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, which is which is kind of like what I've been mocking Eddie Kingston about before I really got a feel for him, was he just looks like a guy, that, just like a plumber that's fighting. He's just a dude. And, uh, He's just a tough dude. We get our full Kaze Ninari here finally, which I'm glad that they, they got into it because that would have been bullshit if everybody complained and they didn't. No, they the along. Suzuki incident and right. they didn't do it. So 
they did it. We got Moxley and Suzuki like chair dueling on the, that sweet ass ramp. Uh, Kingston ends up just pure chaos. Uh, when I like I was talking about earlier, I was like, you have to watch the show because you don't know what the fuck's going on. At some point, John Moxley gets taped up. <laughs> and a, a dude that I've never heard of in my life. You, I'm sure you guys have. I guess you, I look him up. He was from NWA and Ring of Honor, which have very small audiences. Get gets a massive applause. Homicide shows up. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> uh, yeah. How many times in in wrestling history could a homicide get a big applause in a twenty thousand seat arena? But this was that night that that happened. He he uh, untapes Moxley. Him and Suzuki are beating the shit out of each other, and uh, <laughs> uh, Eddie Kingston just dunks a trash can over Lance Archer's head and just starts kendo sticking the trash can, oh, which would hurt nothing but but his ears. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then and then uh, that's how we get the pin out of this. They cut to with Moxley and Suzuki are still beating the shit out of each other outside. This was, I mean, dude, this is just chaos. This was fun. Go ahead, Chris. Is this was fun? There's really nothing to say. I will tell you this: homicide. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about that dude. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, he is. He is. He got a big pop. A, when he's from New York, he's, and he's a wrestling fans wrestler. Right. You had to. You had. You had to watch Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? I didn't start watching Ring of Honor till they were touring with New Japan in in South Philly. I never watched Ring of Honor. You know, only, and the only, only time we went to Ring of Honor was to see New Japan guys. Yeah, I I would watch like YouTube vids if it was like a dude from Noah was wrestling, but that was well after Ring of Honor was already. Yeah, so, eh. but I mean the match was fun. Uh, Homicide coming out New York, it made sense. That's Eddie Kingston's buddy, I guess. But it really didn't do much for me. I uh, I gotta love how John Moxley is Onita now. So he comes to the ring. And immediately the fucking match just breaks down into absolute chaos where they're dragging each other around doing the old, let me hold you by the scruff of your neck like a cat and take you places. I fucking mm-hmm. love that. It's such yeah. a trope in death matches. Yeah. But when yeah. they started doing it, they did it started doing it, I think, last week. I fucking love it. I think it's great. I think it's a lot of fun. I thought this was a lot of fun. It's a good change of pace because we're so used to a certain structures and matches and indie wrestling and wrestling in general and then to have this thrown in there. We get a little bit of everything on AEW, and that's what makes it entertaining. It's cool, too, like you say that, because now John Moxley is the wrestler's deathmatch guy. Yeah. Like, he's doing deathmatch shit, but he can actually wrestle. And and that's pretty cool. The only question I have about this match is, is did the lights truly go out at any point? No, they didn't. There was some the flickering... Like and it was just like then it was the ring was dark and the fans were light and then the fans were dark and the ring was light and then match. <laughs> no, they never did. Go so out. there was so at least with their big their big um their big show at Arthur Ashe Stadium, there was at least at least we got one production gaff out of it. Yeah. We got one old guy eating shit. Which was great. And then we got one production gaff. So it's definitely <laughs> definitely an AW show. Maybe it was a situation. I don't know why my voice just that. <laughs> Maybe it was a situation where they can't turn all the lights off at once. They might not be able to. Yeah, they might not be able to. I'm I'm pretty sure that that's a massive undertaking for a stadium. Right. So they have to warm a big stadium. Like they have to warm up the lights. They get them weird lights that warm. Yeah. Brandon. So this was by the end of this, you're you're telling me we're four hours in here, right? This was just a one night 
Probably more, probably, probably five. Probably five hours. Five. I mean, yeah, like, I think I just want to hammer home how outrageous that is. That four hours and 50 minutes in, there's like, oh, and then we have one more trick up our sleeve. It's Steve Carino from ECW. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I would have popped for Steve Carino. <laughs> I wouldn't have needed to. And you're like, oh, oh, and class, classic AEW, they're like, who is it? Who is it? And then Taz going, it said homicide on the ramp. It was homicide. <laughs> What? Who is it? Homicide. It said it on the ramp. <laughs> let me ask you that. Oh, let me make a promise. I'll make a promise. If we go to AW in Philly, when we go to AW in Philly, if their big surprise for us is Tommy, Tommy fucking, fucking Dreamer, Dreamer, I will throw a fucking javelin from my seat through his fucking neck. Are you bringing a javelin? <laughs> Somehow. Okay. I'm sure they got them somewhere. It's wrestling. Temple University. There's Temple University. It's the freaking gyms nearby somewhere. I'm sure they have a javelin they got, team. They got kendo sticks under the ring. I'm sure they got fucking javelins taped to the bottom of the railings. Wait a minute. Is this? Oh, okay. That's we, like next week. It is. That's what I was just realizing. Really? What, what day is it? It's the 6th. It's the 6th. It's the day after we record next week. Oh. <laughs> so the week after that, so the two-week show is basically going to be two hours of us laughing about the nonsense of AEW. I'm going to bring a notebook and just take notes the whole time. Like, yeah, so I could see that the, um, uh, the rings were set up in a, in a circular motion. Get real dorky. No? Yes, please do. Yeah, do it. <laughs> and, and, uh, Chris and I will be focusing on how to get sneak a javelin into there so we can yeah. see the, I'll be your de- your dork decoy. Wow! Excuse me, can you show me where the uh, non-allergenic toilet paper is? Because I have allergies, and my asshole <laughs> <laughs> my asshole will swell up if I use the toilet paper that you have. It's like it's like sandpaper. If you use it, it's like sandpaper. I'm just praying I don't get pinned pinned next to a pepperoni Pete like I did last time we went to a show. It's- that's all right. This, this. Yeah, I, I'm going to tell you something. I have declared 2021 has been no fucking mercy. So if you get stuck next to Pepperoni Pete, I'm going to tell him to fuck off. Okay. I'm done. Okay, okay. With yeah. a javelin in your hand. This is going to be With a javelin. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> ECW legend, Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> That's the javelin flying. I like it. Chris is just getting carried out. He's just explaining to the people that he it's the year of no mercy. Yes, no mercy. <laughs> 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 get any breaks. Get your hands off. 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 I'll get stuck next to the fat man. I always do. Yes, you do, Chris. I'll make sure of it. <laughs> we'll be walking to the seats, and I'll be like, Chris, you're 103. <laughs> Yeah, but here's the thing. No mercy. So I'm going to sit there like a big, annoying, fucking, lumpy fuck, and nobody's going to move me. I'm not. I hope. Oh, my God. I hope the. Give it up for the ref guy is there. Dude, I'll fucking swear to God, I'll take a piss right on his foot. So when we went to New Japan Pro Wrestling and MSG, a couple rows behind us, Brandon and I were sitting together. Chris was on the other side of the building. Chris got a bunch of drunks in front of him that left after uh, Matt Taven won. They weren't that bad though, those okay. guys. We, I was actually, I actually. We had a them. guy behind us that was he had he was a white man with cornrows. He had um, 
a referee unif- shirt on, and the whole show, all he screamed, Get it up for the ref! And I'm not talking about once or twice. The whole fucking show. Lucky it wasn't 2021. I know. There's no fucking mercy in 2021, man. I Tina, twice I was like, I'm getting up. I'm fucking, you might be meeting me in the parking lot. I'll be right back. And she's like, sit down, just calm down. In the parking lot! There is no parking lot. It's MSG. <laughs> we'll fucking take care of this motherfucker. And then, we went, back, and then we went back. Then we went back to an Airbnb and slept in a room that had like <clears throat> children's old children's toys. In. <laughs> that was a cool house. I like that house. Chris and I's bedroom was like an underwhelming haunted house. It was just yeah, like, it really was. It's it the was beginning like... of the beginning scene of a horror movie. Yeah, before it gets. But an underwhelming, it's underwhelming one. Jimmy, I'm not, I don't, I'm not here to fat shame, but Jimmy mentions that that is the worst part of the experience because he didn't have to sit next to 1,200 pounds of um, uncooked pizza dough that was just oozing into his lap at, at all times. <laughs> so we went, our plan was, I had it all set up. So we were going with a guy, this guy Brandon, one of the hosts of Ring Rust Radio. He was meeting us up there. He was taking a ticket. I had my wife, myself, and you. I wanted to split everybody up so this way no one felt uncomfortable. So the plan was Brandon, then Tina, then New York Brandon, and then me. So this way Brandon and I could have conversations about wrestling and we could all be involved in the conversation. Makes perfect sense. Right? Like to in my mindset it was like now everybody can get in on the joke. But then we saw the pepperoni men. They were very, very large. And listen, yes, we're not fat shaming, but these gentlemen were giant. Like, oh, yeah. They had giant sodas, and they were complaining. It's not fat shaming of someone's half their bodies in your Jim. reserved place that yes. you, you paid a ticket for. So we were planning. Brandon and I were like, okay, we'll just sit next to him, and we'll just swap out. We'll swap out every once in a while. We ended up not swapping out at all, and Brandon just sat next to him. One of the guys split after a while because he complained that the seats were too small. Dude, I know, yo, I don't care how much people get upset. I don't give a shit. If you're complaining seats are too small, you got to lose fucking weight. I'm sorry. This isn't fat. You know, sometimes you need to be shamed into bettering yourself. I was. And you're insane. And the, the, the reason, yeah. It's, so that's, how, that's how I felt. It was like, dude, you like, no offense, but you can't be here. You, you just don't fit in the building. Yeah, it's, that is what it is. It's not my. When, I, I shouldn't when, be the guy that has to deal with that. But you don't fit in Madison Square Garden. When, when you didn't create fun. Madison. Go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 no. Finish. Continue. Continue. This is amazing. Go I ahead. didn't set up the seats. It's not my problem. But you don't fit in the seat, and now it is my problem. So now I'm getting mad, and you know, I look over at the guy, and he <laughs> looked 95% like the Austin Power Gold member, fat bastard. With the all the way down to the sideburns, the only unique sideburns, the only unique trait that he had that separated himself from Fat Bastard was a pepperoni-sized ringworm growing all around his his cheeks. So you're just like, this is this is a really horrific motherfucker that I got to sit next to because he he can't even stop fungus from growing on his own head. And now him and I are are just Rubbing elbows all night. So. Did you catch anything? I don't know. I got to take a look at my elbow now that you think about it. I, I... <laughs> it's been a bit itchy for the last three, five years. Yeah, it's a little bit. Oh, God. 
God damn, dude. I don't know. I was very relaxed. I don't know. Listen, I, play room. I was I was comfortable as could be, especially after Madison Square Table won that match and everybody left. Yeah. I felt um, bad, though, because, like, Tina and, and Brandon New York were on the other side of me, and then it's just me and Brandon were, like, yucking it up, and we had our own jokes going on, and Madison Square Taven and everything, and I wanted us all to be involved, and it fucking... That Not fucking, bad enough to sit next to Pete, I guess. Fucking big old Pete <laughs> fucked it up. Pepperoni fucking Pete. Look, if, if, you're, if you're so big, large, fat... Overweight. Let's this let, let's be the last point on this man. Look, if you're so it's not on him, it's on everybody listening. If you're so overweight, <laughs> if you're so overweight, because especially after COVID, I'm fucking sick of this shit. If you're so overweight that you are, you need to take up. You don't fit in seats, okay? Not because you're so big. Because guess what? I don't fit in those fucking seats. If you're so overweight that you don't fit in seats. You need to start thinking about your health and you need to start losing weight. Whatever those things, psychiatric help, exercise, better diet. You have to do better for yourself. That's right. End of story. That's not fat shaming. That's according to Chris. Send all That's... emails to. Yeah, send them to me. To Chris. Go ahead. I'll give at... you my fucking email address. Chris. At... You're fat and you fucking and you're fucking crying. Do better. There you go. If you have a Chris, would you say if you have a, a I was two hundred fucking almost ninety pounds. Yeah. Okay. Brandon, repeat that question, please. Chris, would you say if you have a a, a gaunt, would you reevaluate some of your life decisions? Yes, I would. <laughs> if you have a gun, evaluate your life fucking choices. Oh my god. Okay. I know we're not allowed to say this. Oh, I know we're not allowed to say this. We're not allowed to say that. Well, if you're talking to a man. Who was almost 290 fucking pounds, and I was fucking. I'm five fucking you were, ten. You were more than that. No. I, oh no, I wasn't. I was <laughs> right. almost 290 pounds. Because you I'm weren't. You weren't half the size of this guy. That's yeah, this guy just was, like the, he was a mountain of a man. Um, he was pizza the hut. That's who he was. <laughs> yeah. Not allowed to fat shame. I know. I know we're trying to wrap this up. This is the rules. You're not allowed to fat shame unless it's your little brother. Then yeah, you can right. fat shame while you watch. <laughs> I, I know we're trying to. I know we're trying to wrap this up for two over two hours in here. I, I live by a simple set of rules. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. One of them is if nothing you do is my problem until you make it my problem. When your body is in my seat, it's my fucking problem. So anybody that's thinking about yeah, going right. to these fucking shows, if your body's oozing into somebody else's seat, why don't you go stand and watch from the goddamn exit or something because you're gonna ruin someone else's from the night street if your body odor is infecting my nose go put deodorant on yeah. if you drop honey mustard on my lap lick it up bitch yeah there you go i thought right. we weren't allowed to say bitch i thought that was bad to say b-i-c-h oh, okay okay that's it i've had enough I've had enough of this too. <laughs> Fucking, I'm gonna burn the Lyacor Center to the ground when everybody's fat. <laughs> more like G. Tyler one. Durden. I'm gonna cut their fat on and make soap out of it, like Tyler Durden. There you go. More G1. We got stardom. Wrestle Universe is changing their format. If you're gonna sign up for Wrestle Universe, do it in October on October 1st, and you get all the months for free until January. That's all I got. All right. So next week we got more AEW. That's it. I'm not. We don't have any pay-per-views or anything stupid like that, do we? G1. We have G1 to talk about. There's plenty. Oh, of G1 Extreme rules too. Extreme rules too.
with the regular right. rules. <clears throat> yes, extreme rules two, regular ass rules, time limits, <laughs> <laughs> no collapsing ropes for the demon. Not not only are there no extreme rules, the regular rules don't even work. The the ring doesn't even work. No, the <laughs> ring is broken. <laughs> I've got something for the demon. I know how to stop him. Tie his shoelaces together. Wop, wop, wop. I think I, I saw a get, I saw a video or something somewhere where when he jumped off the ro- rope and it broke, it did the You Failed at Prices Right song. All right, thanks for joining us this week and join us here every week at Wrestling is Hard. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Hard Number Four Wrestling. Subscribe and follow. Tell your friends. For Brandon and Chris, I'm Jim, and we will be back here next week.